All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello again. It's Saturday afternoon, and you know what that means. It's time for some freedom speak. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Jaybird. Beside me is the lovely, the beautiful... Liberty Nat. Nat. Liberty Nat. That's and then our right. producer extraordinaire behind the glass is Eric, and we're all here today to titillate your ears, tickle your brain, and give you some truth talk, baby. Truth Which talk. to you know, some people might be triggering and... Yeah, okay, maybe. I, I'm not really into giving trigger warnings, but, you know, just saying. Yeah, that's right. Freedom Speak is in the house, baby. It's 2022. You all know what that means. It's been, what, almost a full year since we have had the puppet-in-chief in the White House basement calling the shots, or, well, at least someone in his administration is calling the shots. But, yes, welcome to Day 368 of America Under Siege. We have had... 451,899 Wu flu deaths on Biden's watch to date, and 21,745 vax deaths as of January 7th. So there we go, putting the numbers out there. And you know, today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some places around the world that are finally seeing the light, and they're saying, you know what? Finally. These numbers don't pass the smell test. Mm, yeah. Yeah, something smells fishy. Yep. We're not in Denmark, but it sure <laughs> smells bad around here. That's right. We've got a packed show for you all today. We are your Liberty Lovers. We unite here every Saturday in the Kiva, 1600 AM, abq.fm, 1490 KRSN, and 107.1 FM up in Santa Fe, Las Alamos, and Taos. You can hear us all the way down to Socorro and as far east and west as Grants and Klein's Corners. Also, watch us. See our shining faces on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, rockatalk.tv or on the app. Just app us, Rock of Talk app for Android and iPhone. And remember to subscribe to the chat. Yes. So basically anywhere your ears and eyes go, so do we. That's right. We are there. Yeah, so go to rockoftalk.chat, you know, go see us, go hear us, etc. And of course, if you subscribe to the chat, you can hear us on repeat. Uh, you can also pick and choose which of our notes and links that you want to take a look at, peruse and see for yourself. Because what is it we always say? Don't take our word for it. Go see for yourself. Look it up for yourself. Yeah, we, we're, we're not into the whole, hmm, just, just take my word for it. Take my word for it. Don't ask questions. Follow blindly. Yeah, we're not, we're not into that here. Yeah, very much as it is. Yeah, absolutely. This whole this whole idea that uh, because I said so, it's got to be true thing. Mm. Well, you know, that's gotten us to where we are today. We and have a whole party of of quote unquote progressives who have been getting away with well breaking the law. And you know, we might talk about Baltimore here and, in a little and bit. Spar- and abusing uh, as far as beauty- uh, their uh, power, abusing their power, uh, abusing their constituents. We're going to talk a bit about: hmm, Are we in an abusive relationship with our government? Uh, let's see. What are the signs? Let's see if we can check off all the boxes. Also, of course, we've got Liberty and Losers. I got a great Liberty Award to give out today. Upcoming rallies and events, also a special call to action here for New Mexicans, and of course our Constitution class. We're going to be delving into the 20th 
amendment today. Right. And um, we also have another loser that I didn't tell you about, Natalie. Um, mm. when we're, I want to talk about that. And um, when we open up the phone lines, I want to hear from some of you folks out there. Um, if any of you are parents to kids that go to Hope Christian School, uh, when we open the phone lines, um, I'd like to hear from you because there's uh, you you probably know what's going on. Oh boy! Uh, saw it in the news this morning. Uh, we'll talk about that. You know, uh, their choice to well infringe on our liberties a bit more. Well, I don't know if they're infringing on liberties. That's why I want some more of the details. We'll, and we'll talk about it in a little bit before yeah. we get into that. But then, just so you know. Um, our governor, our tyrant Santa Fe, and we'll talk about this. She wants more. Oh. What does that mean? When we'll does talk she about ever not want more? Well, you know, I think it, it, it really kind of goes back to, um, well, I guess I, maybe you could call it a, psych- maybe you could call it a psychosis here. I don't know that she's Just, ever asked for less. She's always asked for not. more. Oh, well. Well, we'll get to that later on in the show. Remember, later on when we open up the phone lines, it'll be 505-266-1600 to join in the con in the conversation. And without further ado, let's get to the Constitution class, 20th Amendment. This is an interesting one. Um, this actually might very well be the least challenged amendment that has just kind of quietly done its job no real litigation or public controversy that's yeah that that's the 20th amendment some of you might be saying huh what's the 20th amendment can't place it never heard of it well okay it's basically the doctrine and practice of the setting the terms of the president and vice president it sort of redefined them and gave us a little bit of more clear-cut standards and dates of what, and timelines of when things happen. So here we go. So the first, first section in this, and by the way, for anyone who wants to follow along, I am going off of Legal Information Institute from Cornell Law School. That's law.cornell.edu slash constitution slash amendment. And you all can follow along. I also have it in the show notes. Section 1. The terms of the president and vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January and the terms of senators and representatives at noon on the third day of January of the years in which such terms would have ended if this article had not been ratified and the terms of their successors shall then begin. Section 2. Congress shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meetings shall begin at noon on the third day of January, unless they shall by law appoint a different day. Section 3. If at the time fixed for the beginning of the term of the president, the president-elect shall have died, the vice president-elect shall become president. If a president shall not have been chosen before the time fixed for the beginning of his term, or if the president-elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president-elect shall act as president until a president shall have qualified. And the Congress may by law provide for the case wherein neither a president-elect nor a vice president-elect shall have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president or the manner in which one who is to act shall be selected. And such person shall act accordingly until a president or vice president shall have qualified. Section 4. 
The Congress may by law provide for the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the House of Representatives may choose a president whenever the right of choice shall have devolved upon them. And for the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the Senate may choose a vice president whenever the right of choice shall have devolved upon them. Section 5. Sections 1 and 2 shall take effect on the 15th day of October following the ratification of this article, uh, which was in 1933, by the way. Section 6. This article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from the date of its submission. Okay, so basically what does all of this mean and why the heck did we have to have a 20th Amendment back in 1933, or I'm sorry, ratified in 1935, in the first place? So interesting that it, like I said earlier, it's never been the subject of a Supreme Court decision. Rarely has it had to be reinterpreted or interpreted at all by lower courts. But it has the two principal sections. First, start dates for regular terms of members of the Senate and the House of Representatives, January 3rd. And, and the year following their election, and for then president and vice president as January 20th. Hence, January 20th is always the inauguration date for our presidents. Previously, under the terms originally set in 1788 by the Confederation Congress, all these terms began on March 4th. In fact, we talked about this earlier Earlier this year, um, we didn't quite delve into all the history behind it, but yeah, previously March 4th used to be when our presidents would be inaugurated, not just the presidents, but also other, um, other elected officials. So the second section in the 20th Amendment states that Congress shall commence a new session each year on January 3rd unless it appoints another day. It previously in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 2, it provided for annual sessions of Congress beginning on December 5th, unless Congress set a different date. So these two sections, they impact how Congress operates every year uh, under each of them, each biennial Congress, which, you know, senators, representatives, whose terms begin in January of the same year, plus the senators with continuing terms, they basically have two regular sessions and they all start in the same year, one each year starting in January. So it's kind of streamlined things a little bit more, made things a little less confusing. So you, so you now have two full regular sessions for Congress that are all within the same year instead of being split up. Instead of the, like, say, 2020 through 2021 session, it's all in the same year. Now, the remaining sections of the amendment They've actually never been used or were only used specifically to ratify or implement it. Section 3, that declares what happens if the president-elect dies before taking office or if no one has qualified to become president when a new presidential term begins. And if you remember back in 2021 when it looked like there might be some question as to whether um, the vice president, Mike Pence at the time, might call into question some of the electoral votes from some of the battleground states that were in question and still in question, by the way, and still being investigated. Um, this potentially 
this amendment, this section, would have come into play. Specifically, you know, no presidential candidate or elect having been qualified. So in the event that no candidate received a majority of electoral votes for the office and any or any contenders died before Congress has chosen among them, and uh, this Section 3 would have come into play. Now, the two final sections basically set just the effective date and limit its ratification period, the, at the time, the usual seven years. There's this seven-year limit to ratify a new amendment, so you can't necessarily perpetually, at least in the beginning, um, just keep trying to amend the same thing decade after decade. So the cycles of beginning sessions in January with the first session of each Congress starting shortly after the election and ending sessions late in the year, it seemed, now, nowadays to us, it seems natural, like, oh, yeah, that's the way we've always done, done it, per the calendar month. But yeah, it only began in 1935. Before that time, unless called into session earlier by the president, each Congress would convene for the first session in December, 13 months after their election. Now, it's kind of bizarre to think, okay, you get elected, and unless the president calls you all into session, it's 13 months before you do your job? So th that was a little idiosyncrasy that lasted for quite a while. But even more bizarre, the second session would begin the following December, which was after the election of a new Congress and could last no more than three months because the terms of its members ended in March. So for obvious reasons, the second session became known as the short or lame duck session, which is sometimes a term you will still hear today. Uh, it was kind of a happenstance thing. Originally, when it was ratified, the Constitution said, you know, Congress shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meetings shall be on the first Monday in December, unless by law they appoint a different day. So the December start for annual congressional sessions, it didn't really cause serious problems, but for an unrelated act by the Confederation Congress. So during summer of 1788, the Constitution was ratified by the final few states needed to put the new government in place. In response, meeting during the following September, the Confederate Congress adopted a resolution fixing March 4th, 1789, as the date for commencing proceedings under the new government. So as a result, the terms of the first president, vice president, senators, and representatives began on March 4th. And because the Constitution states that those terms are to last four, four, six, and two years respectively, they would end on future March 4ths. So between December start date uh, for Congress meeting, March 4ths for the end of terms, etc., um, it, was it was eventually determined, you know, let, let's just streamline all this. Let's set January as both start and end dates for terms, and also January as start date for first session. Now, I will say one upside <clears throat> to this kind of bizarre confusion and timeline of having one session per year. And by the way, I am not against having only one government session per year, because why? less government the better the less chance they have to uh 
stick their hands and meddle into our lives and, you know, the, the economic pot and the business pot, the better. Perhaps you could make an argument that this was also why we didn't get a whole lot done and government did not balloon so bi- you know, so much in the first 100 years, 150 years of our status as a nation because, you know, okay, our, our government had a very odd calendar, they had a very odd schedule, and they didn't have a lot of time or opportunity to meet, to convene. So may, one could argue that that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, I think previously a, a, a big portion of that, the scheduling, was that at one time our representatives actually held jobs outside of um, the Senate and outside of yeah. Congress. Politics was not their livelihood. Right. There, there, I, 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 I would have to do some research to figure out when colleges actually started political science degrees, yeah, but that's a fairly recent thing. So I think what, I think what, what really was the, the catalyst or the, 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 diff- the reason for the difference there, I think, is because a lot of the folks who were representatives at the time, like I said, I think they had jobs outside of the Senate and outside of Congress and outside of Washington, D.C., and I think that's why um, there, there is a difference. And, 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 and I look at this, the 20th Amendment, and, and to me, I think this is kind of where we started to see that shift. Now, after this is when I think we'll, we, if we start looking at it, we'll see that now there are political science degrees being offered mm-hmm. um, at universities, which then creates this problem, and, and for me, this is this has always been a problem. Um, politics as a career, um, yeah. because anytime you have a career, you end up becoming self-serving. Why? Because that's your livelihood. If you're a congressman, you don't want to create a shortage job, well, of work. <laughs> well, you don't want to create a shortage of work. But if you're a congressman and you lose your job. Are you going to be able to go down to the local mechanic shop and fix cars? No, not very likely. Are you going to be able to go, well, I, I would like to say, you know, are you going to be able to go and, and work in, let's say, the oil industry? But um, unless your name is Biden, the answer is generally no. You're not going to be able to without any experience. Right. So th- th- I see the reason for this and the need for this, but I think it also created problems that, um, we are now dealing with to this day. And I'm not saying we need to change it. I, I, not at all. I, I don't, I, that's a very dangerous, slippery slope. But I think it created some issues mm-hmm. that, we ha- that we need to work out yeah. and, to and this again, day. Th- it's the type of thing where I actually think if we weren't in this point now where we are today, where it, was, it has become, for many people, increasingly obvious, for some people they've just started to notice, that our government is top-heavy. Our government is becoming, in many ways, tyrannical, or has been tyrannical for a while. We just never noticed it because it didn't impact our lives. Well, now it's impacted everybody's life over the past year and a half. Um, You know, it used to be people would say, oh, well, it doesn't really affect me, so whatever. I'm just going to leave the politicians to politicking and... Um, I I don't have any dog in that hunt. Well, now nobody has the ability to say that because every single person has been 
affected by the tyranny that's been perpetrated over the last year and a half. And I don't. I think we have a different perspective on this now. Um, at first, yes, it seemed like a good thing. Oh, we're streamlining this. The uh, as soon as our elected officials get elected, they can go straight to work. They can have two sessions a year instead of one, and instead of having a lame duck session, um, now they can be more effective. But again, you have to ask yourself: mm, be more effective in what? to what end because see the thing with congress is well okay what's congress's plenary power what is their unique power well they make laws so if congress meets more often what tends to happen well they make more laws if they meet less often they would have less opportunity to make laws that's kind of how it goes. So while at first I think this seemed like a good idea, and again, I, I'm, I'm not going to dispute the fact that stre streamlining some of the dates what, you know, wasn't a good idea. That's, it probably was. But I think it also had a big effect on where we are now, because in the last not even 100 years, remember people, this was ratified in 1935, we're in 2022. In this past year, we have passed, or past 100 years, past 90 years, we've passed more laws, our government has passed more laws, more regulation, it has grown exponentially more than the first 100 years as a nation. And now we got to ask ourselves: was that such a good thing? Was it really something that we needed to have happen? Or could we have just taken, you know, a few more hundred years of slow government growth and how much better would our country have been without all the interference? Now, I know there's going to be some people out there who say, oh, but if it weren't for government this or government that or government regulation, then we'd be polluting the environment more or, or, or there'd be less equality or there'd be this or that. Okay, and if you're one of those people, hey, please call in. I would be willing to entertain a debate with you on some of that. And some of it we will never know. Because when you get into the whole realm of, well, what ifs, yeah, okay, we, we may never know that. But what we do know for sure is our government is out of control. It doesn't serve the people anymore. It's top-heavy. And the hierarchy of we the people first state sovereignty second, federal government last has been turned topsy-turvy on its head. So there you go. 20th Amendment. Um, again, not a terribly controversial one, but now looking back in retrospect, oh, okay, I, I don't know, maybe it somewhat contributed to government growth. And keep in mind, too, that this came on the heels a few years after income tax had been ratified as an amendment, giving Congress the power to get more money from the public. So you had two things happen here. You had, you know, in very close proximity to each other, you had Congress given the ability to tax income, where before they did not 
have that. That was 1913. And then 20 years later, now you have Congress able to meet twice a year on a regular basis without having to be called into special session by the president and more regularly on a regular schedule. So more money plus more opportunity to make laws. It seems it seems obvious in hindsight, but again, hindsight's 2020. More money plus more time to decide to do with that money. Is it any wonder that we are where we are today? 505-266-1600 if you want to join the conversation in the Kiva. Interesting questions here. Yeah, and, and um, you know, it does... W- We'll talk about this obviously in due time, but um, it does. Uh, we do further find clarification and, and more amendments, and I think particularly yeah. um, directly related to the Twenty Fifth Amendment. And we'll talk about that, you know, um, as we get to that point. Yeah, when we get to that amendment, they all but kind yeah, of build we, on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, there's a, the, there's a lot of clarification that comes from the different amendments, and then even some of the clauses that are added. Uh, but yeah, I mean it, this the. What we see here is the history of of the increase in in government. Um, now, um, I fully believe that when when this country was established, it was established. Two things were very clear to me. One, that the government was supposed to be a civilian government, and again, that goes back to what I mentioned a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. This. Uh, the wrong that I see with politics as a career, because now you're no longer a civilian, you're mm-hmm. a politician. Um, and as we're seeing with these COVID mandates, if you work for the federal government, you are federal property. And yeah. that is that is the the ruling that we're seeing, especially with the military and being required to have these um, vaccines. So, in my mind, the same thing should it, the same thing applies to Congress and Senate. Here, you are now property of the U.S. government, and I see that as being just inherently flawed because, um, again, it rem- it removes your individu- individuality and and it fundamentally changes government from a citizen government um, to its own entity. And when it becomes or when it became its own entity, because it is that now, when it became its own entity. Um, I think it lost touch with the people that it that it's supposed to serve. And that's the very key to it is the government is supposed to serve us, not the other way around. The government is was never meant to tell us what we um, can and can't do. The, the government's role really um, essentially should just be, well, uh, the very basic part of it should be protection of our borders and ensuring that the United States stands as not necessarily um, the world power, but stands as uh, a, a beacon for the rest of the world. Um, because I don't care who you are. You, you can say all kinds, you can talk all kinds of trash about this country. But in the, at, the, in, at the end of the day, even the people that are claiming that this country has systemic racism, these are the same people who feel our, our borders should be completely open, allowing people to come here for opportunities. So now you have to ask yourself, well, if this country is so bad, 
then why do we need to allow people to come here for opportunities? And this this that twisted notion that these the, these politicians have, I think, is is a direct result of the government moving from a citizen government into its own separate entity, um, and th- that is therein lies the rub for me. That's the problem. Is now we have this government that is so bloated, so huge that doesn't serve us anymore, um, and we're being forced to serve it. And that is absolutely wrong. Yeah, taxation has basically turned us into chattel. It's basically turned you out there who are still working into a type of slave labor. You have to work to put food on your table, but then you're, you're, uh, uh, the fruits of your labor, just like uh, peasants in the Middle Ages, a tenth of that or a tithe of that goes to the king or goes to the government, except now it's way more than a tenth. Okay, so so you make money, but some of it has to go to the government. Some of it has to go to the elite. And that was never supposed to be the case in this country. Never. And I actually don't see anything wrong now looking back with, okay, a new Congress gets elected and it's 13 months before they decide to have uh, or before they get the opportunity to convene. Hmm, I wonder what a congresswoman or man would do in 13 months leading up to their first session. Do you think that might give them some time to get acquainted with their district, their state, and get acquainted with what it is their constituents need them to do? Well, it could, but, I mean, if you're... Speaker of the House, it could give you a lot of time to get fat eating a lot of gelato. <laughs> well, nowadays, but yeah, maybe. would you be able to afford that expensive gelato if you? Well, no, actually, you'd be getting paid for those thirteen months if you were a certain. Speaker I thought of they the only House, get. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. They they take salary now. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to the one about uh, uh their salaries. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. The one thing that Congress can always agree on is their raises. Yeah, I think in in most of our history, only a few people ever vote against congressional raises in their salaries. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. 20th Amendment. And, of course, you know, our, 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 the way our government is heading right now, it's not what we would wish, definitely. It doesn't mean that it's hopeless. But we do have to acknowledge where we are. Uh, Looking back where we came from is one of the first steps to doing that. But as with anything, any problem that we have, acknowledging the problem, was it they say in therapy, is always the first step. And in in the spirit of acknowledging problems. I've got a very interesting article from AIR, the AIRS Institute, American Institute for Economic Research, that actually came out December 31st of 2020. Some of you might remember this, but I think it bears repeating. There's also a really cool video that I'll link in the show notes for you all by a doctor, uh, Dr. Chris Martinson. He goes through this in detail. It's help. I'm stuck in an abusive relationship. And so are you. 15 signs you're in an abusive relationship with the government. Now, before we do that, can I can I just uh, uh, 
talk a little bit about the 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 the, the Luhan gruesome thing here. Oh, how about? Because I think I think that uh, I think that's really going to demonstrate the point here. It's well, well, tell you tell you what I, I know what you're getting at. That actually is going to come into because I'm going to go down the 15 points, and then we're going to give examples of what our government okay. is doing to check off those boxes. So, if any of you have ever been in any type of counseling, um, God forbid you have been the victim in an abusive relationship but if you've ever reached out for help and please if you are in an abusive relationship please reach out for help getting out of it it is very difficult to break out by yourself not impossible i've known people who've done it um but by and large most people need help and one of the first things that they take you through uh, when you do reach out for professional help psychiatric help etc or psychological help they help take you through this list of questions and you can even find it online it's all over the place and generally the list starts with okay so it uh, does your partner or the other person in this relationship do this do they do that and you go down and you check off boxes to see if your situation matches up with a combination of markers for an abusive relationship. So number one, you may be in an abusive relationship if they stop you from seeing your friends and family. Okay. Bingo? Check. Check, yeah. Gruesome Uh, said we should stay home. mm -hmm. Dr. Disgrace said we should stay home. We shouldn't even see family members for holidays. We're all in this apart together anyone remember that that nauseating statement it was even on commercials i heard i heard it i still hear it sometimes on radio commercials from other stations still hear it yeah uh <laughs> these these are the same fine folks everybody together apart. That, that think Billboards. fresh frozen <gasps> is an amazing thing fresh frozen baby fresh frozen foods are wonderful they think yeah, um, yeah, no, idiosyncrasy. Really? So yeah, I, I think they did that. Yeah, stay home, stay safe. That's what we were told. Stay home, stay safe. Don't see family for Christmas. You may want to cancel your holiday plans. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think we definitely check off box number one. And let's not forget... Um Oh, yeah, bars, restaurants, and cafes closed. Mm. Well, no, no, forget about that for a moment. Um, I mean, that's really interesting. They're, you know, getting rid of people's vices. um, (laughs) That one, too. Because revolutions have been started for less. Uh, But no, no, the fact that Gruesome was on record as saying churches are dangerous places. Oh, yes, yes, that's it. Well, that actually rolls into number two to also, you may not go out without permission. Yeah, if your partner or your government won't let you go out without permission. Hmm, yeah, I do believe the tiny tyrant provided even a list of essential businesses, essential reasons, valid reasons for going outside the home. Hmm, are you an essential worker? If you're not, why aren't you at home? Anyone remember that? That that shaming that went on for quite a while? Oh my gosh, you're outside your house. Is this an essential activity? If your activity's not on this list, you can't go out. Stay uh-huh. home. Yeah, so so there you go. 
Number two, neatly checked off. Um, they try to tell you, yeah, you, you, you just can't go outside without permission. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and what's funny, too, is, now, we remember, we just traveled through several states where people aren't adhering to that. Uh, some go, some state governments aren't even telling their people that, oh, but New Mexico, yeah, we're one where we still have that going on right now. In fact, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in her current, her highness's current public health orders that she extended indefinitely, which, by the way, is illegal in the state of New Mexico, just saying, uh, I think she still has some clauses on essential what is or is not an essential business. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, yeah. In fr- and this is not just here at home, but also in France. Yeah. Uh, p- citizens need papers to validate their reason for being out. Show me your papers, comrade. Australia. Yeah, that's still going on. Oh, yeah. We talked about Australia. One girl bouncing up and down because I got a blue wristband. I can go out for 15 minutes outside. You know, in, 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 in inside a chain linked fenced yard. And we talked about this. There are murderers in this country who get more time outside in the fresh air. Now there's there's four walls around them. Yeah. But they get more time out in the fresh air than that, than a free citizen in Australia. Think about that for a moment. Yeah. So number three, they tell you what to wear. Hmm, gee, gosh, no. Has anyone told us what to wear this past year and a half? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. I don't sure. think so. Does that strike a bell? No, no. Yeah. We, weren't, we certainly weren't told we had to wear something over our faces. No, right, no, that was... Right, Uh Yeah, uh, hmm, yeah. Mandated masks. Oh, yeah, they're now a cultural icon, by the way, signaling individuals' social responsibility and good citizenship. If you want to be extra safe or extra socially conscious, then follow Fauci's lead and wear too. Heck yeah, they've been telling us what to wear. Wear it over your nose. Don't you know? Don't show your mouth. Make sure you catch all those droplets. And here's what's interesting: it actually started March of 2020 when, and I disagreed with this as well, when Dr. Fauci told 60 Minutes that people should not be wearing masks. You know, quote, masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. But right now, people should not be walking around with masks. There's no reason to be walking around with masks. And by the way, I disagreed with that at the time, too. I'm like, well, if someone wants to wear a mask, let them. It's their choice. And yeah, I I didn't even choose back then to wear one. Uh, but if someone wanted to, and for a little while in March, there was mask shaming of a different stripe, where if someone was walking down the street with an N95 mask strapped to their face, people would be like, why are you taking away necessary PPE for medical people? It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. He could be a painter, and that's his personally fitted N95 or N99 mask, and... He knows how to sterilize it. And so, yeah, he's going to use it because it's available. It's his personal choice. Whether or not Fauci told you to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, they should not be telling you what or what not to wear. And this is one thing. If anyone has ever been in an abusive relationship, 
this particularly pertains to women. I have also known men who've been in this position. Um, when, when the abusive partner is trying to tell you, oh, no, you can't wear that's too short or that's not short enough or that that's too low cut or you shouldn't be showing this or this body part. You shouldn't be showing, et cetera, et cetera. That is a big red flag. Big red flag. So ha- have they been throwing that red flag at us, you know, this entire year and a half? Yeah, I think so. Safe to say we check that box off too. So number four, oh, this is a big one. They monitor your phone or emails. Hmm. Well, oh, thankfully, gee. thankfully, there's <laughs> not a thing on Google or on my phone that mm. tells me, oh, you're near someone who um, has tested positive for COVID. Oh, yeah. It's thankfully, not, it's that's not like not something there. is on, you know, uploaded onto your phones and installed without your permission that keeps track of you, of your, you know, your COVID proximity, et cetera. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is. Yeah, th- there's a reason why I don't update my phone operating system, people. Just, just saying, just saying, if you have an older device and you still haven't updated it, yeah, that's a good idea. Don't. Uh, Apple and Google, their COVID notification systems in mobile devices operating systems. Hmm. Yeah, you have no choice about that. No choice. You've heard Eddie Aragon talk about it on the Rocket Talk forever. You've heard us talk about it <clears throat> also the past year off and on. Uh, voluntary downloads of contact tracing apps such as even in France, the French government's Tools anti-COVID app. I probably butchered that, by the way. Have, incur- have been encouraged by... United States. Others have even been more forceful in active monitoring. Oh, China. Good. That they've been doing that for years, though. What am I saying? That's nothing. That's nothing new. In uh, Taiwan, yeah. Resident Milo She woke up to two police officers back in 2020 knocking on his door after his phone's battery ran out for 15 minutes. The dead battery triggered an automatic notification of potential quarantine breach prompting authorities to send warning text messages and missed calls before conducting an in-person check. Now, some of you might say, oh, but that's not the United States. No, true. And yeah, okay, it was over a year ago in Taiwan. Uh, By the way, Taiwan is generally seen as freer than China. But hey, the the, uh, technology is there. How well, long do you think it's going to be before phone companies are contacting you, like, I don't know, T-Mobile, Verizon, saying, hey, we've noticed you haven't updated your operating system. Uh, we're not going to be able to reroute and send calls or text messages until you do. Or even, oh, we've noticed you've disabled your Google COVID contact tracing app. Oh, we're not going to be able to provide you service. Well, that is coming with, with 5G. It's oh. 5G's been here for a while now, but um, it is it's it is quickly approaching the point where uh, if your phone is not 5G capable, your phone will no longer work. Yeah, I've, I've um, been get I've been getting the messages, text messages every month saying, "Hey, you your mobile device will no longer be valid after a certain date." Because right. the why? Because the FCC is mandating that 3G network is going to be retired. Well, and um, lest you not believe me, and that's fine. You don't have to mm-hmm. believe me. I, you know, I'm a human just like the rest of you. But um, 
I can prove this to you because recently, and I'll find the article here, but recently um, there was some spectrum that was auctioned off again by the FCC. And this, oh. spectrum, is, this spectrum will allow um, the, 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 the carriers out there, the cell phone carriers, uh, to upgrade and expand 5G. Mm-hmm. But what that means is as 5G grows, um, All the others well, diminish. 3G and anything They're, below yeah. that generation is gone and is no longer supported. Now, it, now, things being phased out, technology being phased out is not necessarily a new thing. But normally, it's the market. Market demands or lack of demand is what determines or has previously determined whether certain technologies get phased out. I remember cassette tapes. Uh, does anyone really buy those anymore? Can you even buy blank cassette tapes? I used to run through dozens as a kid. I loved doing mixtapes. I loved recording things off the radio. Um, man, it, it, to me, it was, seems like just yesterday that I used to hear my you know, wait for my favorite song to come on so I could hit record. On cassette tapes. Well, what happened? Advent of CDs, CD-ROMs, DVDs, cassette tapes. I mean, well, okay, so you even remember eight tracks. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm totally MP3, Wi-Fi, cloud-based. Um, I don't know what these other things are you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the point is that the government did not have a hand in regulating that those technologies are now defunct, therefore they're going to be phased out, and they're not going to be supported anymore. No! The market decided, ooh, we like CDs better. Oh, you know what? We like MP3s even better. Oh, hey, cloud-based music! Who needs a pile of junk on their desk anymore? Uh, who needs to deal with you know, uh, cassette tapes getting stuck and ruined? The market are the... the you, me... You know, Jaybird, everyone else, Eric, Eddie. The market is the one who decides what they want and what they don't want. And when companies have less of a demand for an older technology, they just stop making it. Well, not in the case of 5G and 4G and 3G. 3G is first up on the chopping block. What do you want to bet 4G is going to be next? So there we go. They're they're controlling. Uh, They're going to monitor our phones or emails. Uh, they already are, frankly, and they're, they're even going to control what we can buy in terms of technology. And that actually goes into number five here. Yeah, you might just be in an abusive relationship if they control the finances or won't let you work. Huh. Okay, so yeah, let's see. Uh, being deemed essential or non-essential. Yes, yeah, some people could work last year or in 2020 even actually through 2021 last year. Um, Some people couldn't. Uh, Local county, state governments had the power to close your business when actually they do not have the power to just arbitrarily close your business. And then some of the hardest hit industries, oh yeah, the arts, live performance, museums, music, theaters, dance. (laughs) Okay, I know that one for sure. Other well, art venues, right. yeah, and, shut and down. Yeah, and I was just talking to you um, yesterday about um, this old punk band that I used to listen to back in the uh, 80s. Um, if if you're familiar with the movie Repo Man and the soundtrack, um, <laughs> you can probably guess which one it is. 
Um, but this punk band um, apparently is touring now, and um, I couldn't even believe my eyes. I, and and even, even to say this out loud is just so weird. Punk band is a punk band. Tickets start at $99. Exactly. Yeah, Eric's face. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, 99 for a punk. Wait, I thought punkers were supposed to be against the man, against the, the whole you know ma- machine of greed and everything like that. Hundred bucks. Well, when I was a punk, that's what it was all about. Yeah, it was about it was about yeah, but, but in just order doing to, your own thing yeah. and and standing up against the man, whether that meant sitting around with your friends drinking beers or spray painting stuff or whatever. Well, I'm pretty it wasn't sure about coming here. It wasn't yeah. about spending a hundred bucks to go to a facility that says, "Okay, let's see your vaccination card. You have a mask. Okay, you can come in." Yeah, none of that stuff would have even, uh, that would not have even been on the table. Well, not to mention controlling finances. Keep in mind that in an abusive relationship, uh, the abuser controls the purse string, says, okay, I'll give you an allowance, or you can have so much a month, or so much if you behave yourself, or in some fashion, they control how much money you can spend. Hmm, gee, uh, what's this whole thing about sending out checks to people once a month? Like, okay, you can have 600 a month, you can have 1200 a month, or this or that. Yeah, so the government, oh yeah, as long as you don't work, you can have some money from the government. Oh, we're dictating that you can't work, therefore we're going to control how much money you get to budget each month hmm yeah C- closing non-essential businesses that that was just the beginning folks biden is still continuing it to this day anyone who's still getting those stimulus checks you know dropped into your mailbox or your bank account etc oh you think oh cool free money no no not really Redistribution of wealth is not free money. It's just someone else's money handed back to you after the government has taken their slice. And they're basically saying, we're going to determine your economic status by sending you that money. They are determining how much you can or can't spend. So number six, they control what you read, watch, and say. Hmm. Let's see. Well, from the beginning here, gee, have has anyone been able to say just whatever they want about this whole woo flu crisis? Oops, woo flu. That means that if you know we were on YouTube, oh yeah, they'd ban us. Woo flu, kung fluy, yeah, even just calling it the Wuhan virus at um, in the first few months. Oh no, you can't call it that. Okay, how about China virus? Hmm, Yeah, no, can't call it that either. Yeah, from the very beginning, online publishing platforms took to changing terms and conditions regularly to justify censorship and takedowns of studies, articles, videos that don't follow the appropriate narrative. Not to mention, um, gosh, propaganda. Propaganda campaign in the media, on social media, uh, spilling over into traditional media outlets, influencing opinion, shifting narratives. Uh, actually, there was uh, in Australia a 28-year-old pregnant woman, and I think we covered this early last year or end of 2020. She was arrested in front of her two children for posting on Facebook about an anti-lockdown 
protest in Australia, drawing criticism from the president of the Australian Human Rights Council. Her devices were confiscated. Bail was granted on conditions that she did not access social media until an allotted time had passed. Huh. Yeah, talking about controlling what you read, watch, say. How many times have you heard, you know, you know, Rachel Maddow herself saying, you can't say that. Whatever it is she's decided we can't say. Well, oh, that's, you, know, you, you just shouldn't be saying that. That's not right. Or, or oh, whoever was it, Chris Cuomo himself? Oh, yeah, you, well, you, you can't call those protests. You know, January 6th was an insurrection. That was a riot. Oh, but you can't call BLM rioting. You can't call that uh, a riot. That was just people peaceful protesting. Show me in the Constitution where, where it says that, that uh, protests have to be peaceful. <coughs> yeah, it is in the Constitution, idiot. The media has, for whatever, you know, for whatever reasons, whatever their purpose, whatever their narrative, always changed, changed it up and said, well, you can't say this. You can't say that. Oh, you shouldn't be reading this. Oh, you shouldn't be reading that. You, sh- you need to not pay attention to disinformation. A year and a half of that. Yeah. And I think that checks off this box. And I think it's safe to say we all know um, how Facebook has operated um, for mm-hmm. years now. Um, oh, yeah. E- and even recently, to this day, right before the start, in New Mexico of our January session in the legislature, call to action New Mexico. If anyone was a part of that group on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, their page on Facebook got pulled down and banned right before the legislative session started. Why? Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be because, you know, Call to Action New Mexico has been key in alerting the public and alerting people interested in taking action to specific legislative items that might impact our freedoms. Oh, no, that can't be it at all, could it? Hmm, well, wonders. not according to Facebook. Mm-hmm, but then yeah. again, if you ask Facebook, all they will tell you is our rules have been violated. Oh, before Jan- No further information is possible. Well, before the um, inauguration of Puppet Biden to the White House last year, Facebook actually pulled down some huge Facebook groups, freedom groups from New Mexico, mm-hmm. including NM33 Counties Unite. I think that's what yeah. it used to be called. It used to have over 20,000 people. And Facebook pulled it down right before the the inauguration. Yeah, now I think I think we definitely tick that box off. So that that and we're just up to six. There's 15 of these. Remember 505-266-1600 to join the conversation in the Kiva. We got a caller on the line, so let's go ahead, take a break, and take this call. Caller, you're on with Liberty Nat and Jaybird. Who do we have? Yes, hello, uh, Natalie. Hi, hello, Jaybird. Is this hey. Melvin? No. No? This is Secession Day. Oh, se- wait. No, I'm uh, sorry, Dictionary. No. Wait. No, 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 Secession Day. Oh, secession I, Day. Okay, you're I right. i got to trust my time. instinct, man. I had it right. <laughs> what? What is wrong with me? Hey, great. Hey, it's good to talk to you. Hey, hey. I've got... I got something to say. Uh, I got three things to say. First of all, all right. a while ago you mentioned that the government was out of control, okay? And I remember that Tucker Carlson and uh, said the same thing last year. It's been about mm-hmm. six or seven months. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And then uh, I heard an interview with the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, and he said the same thing, the government is out of control. Right. Okay. Uh, and, of course, uh, Mark Levin has told us we are in the abyss. We are in, in the yeah. battle right now, in the, in the midst of the battle. He said that. Uh, Rush Limbaugh told us that we are separated. Uh, David Horowitz wrote a book called The Enemy Within, which I, 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 I assume refers to the federal government. So, you know, the government is, is, is our enemy at this point. I agree with you on that, and I think you agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, actually, if, if anyone's been paying attention to Alex Jones, he's been telling us way since before the Wu flu scamdemic that the government has been out of control. Uh, anyone right. on InfoWars, um, Paul Joseph Watson, has also been telling us the government's out of control. <clears throat> this has been going on for a while. Again, like we said in the beginning, it's just that at first, not everyone was affected in a way that they could recognize. It wasn't right. urgent. Uh, kind of like the frog mm -hmm. boiling slowly in cold water, and you raise the heat, and they never notice that they're dying. But now, all of a sudden, past year and a half, everyone's affected. It all happened at once, and uh, we can still remember, right. hey, what happened to normal life? What happened to normalcy? Right, right. and there's, there, there's a... Um, uh, a full, I guess you could call it a philosophy, or, uh, you know, death by a thousand cuts. And I think that's what we're facing right now. This is, it, it may seem very melodramatic, but it, it just feels like it's death by a thousand cuts because yes. I cannot even tell you how many times um, last year I, from, from people that I knew or thought I knew and thought I trusted and, and, and they would continue to tell me, well, just put on the mask. It's just, just for a little while and it'll be over. How can it's you just be so insensitive? Thing. How well, can you be so selfish? But, but the comments were, it's just one thing. It's just this little thing and then it'll all be over. And, then, and, then, and the assumption being that, okay, you do just this one little thing and the government's going to give back what they've taken from you. And that has never happened. No. Not in all that's history. never happened, and and I think I think that is, I think that's basically this death by a thousand cuts. I think that's what's happening here. Is it's just one little cut? Oh, it's just one little oh, yeah, cut. No exactly. big deal. We don't need to put a band aid on it. It's just one little cut. Now, oh well, now there's two cuts. Oh, now there's twelve cuts. Now, oh, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, this is this How is what we've we been facing. Here? How did we get here? Yeah, that's right. How did we get here? Well, a bunch of people said nothing, did nothing. Other than, hey, it's just one little thing, just do it. And that's right. how we get here. And, you know, of course, Thomas Jefferson told us from the beginning that mm -hmm. all governments go bad, that we, uh, yep. you have to have a revolution every 20 years, and it's time for our revolution. <laughs> I, I, I love that. He's like, you have to have a revolution every 20 years. Actually, he wasn't yeah, he wrong, because the, the cycle generally goes that once you can gain some kind of stability, um, in a government, it doesn't take very long for, you know, bad actors to come in and go, oh, hey, I want some of that power. Oh, hey, let's see if we can expand. Right. And, you know, power. it's funny that you bring that up because I've got a piece that I'm going to talk about here later. Um, it, it's really just an opinion piece, but it was written by somebody from Indiana University. Um, so and, and I'm going to talk about this, read some of the points here. But, the, you know, the, the article here, the, the article, and this is right off of KRQE, so um, if any of you wants to go find this, you can find this. But civil war in the U.S. is unlikely because grievance doesn't necessarily translate directly into violence. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's, that's exactly, you know, it's, it's just it's interesting that you bring that up, Dave, because 
um, mm-hmm. uh, there's there are some people that are saying we are there, and oh, yeah. we, we're we're right right on the cusp of this. And then of course there are people like the person that wrote this article that says no 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 we're not there. People aren't that bad. They're not yeah, that they're not that angry yet. Just buried in the sand. We're we're fine. This is just the new normal. Whatever. What else do you right. have for us, Dave? Okay, another thing. Okay, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that the 16th Amendment had been ratified, okay? And I uh, have 20th, in front of me here a document, amendment, I think. a document from an organization called the Supreme Law Library, mm-hmm. which claims that the 16th Amendment was never properly ratified. Hmm. Okay, what it claims is, what it claims is, that sta- that the that the amendment was sent to states and they changed it. Different so, states oh, made certain changes tax. to it, and mm-hmm. then they sent it back. But the the correct number of states never legally ratified. So there's oh, a question whether the Fifteenth Amendment was ever properly uh, legally ratified. Oh. Right, and we've had we've had uh, people call in about that and talk to us out out um, out outside of the studio here who've actually talked about that and said. Uh-huh. It's it's not it's, it's not a illegal. legitimate law. Well, it was and even never if it even if it was ratified, <clears throat> it it actually didn't uh, supersede certain sections of the Constitution. Yeah, there's all there's all kinds of things surrounding. There's a lot of questions tax. about the Sixteenth mm-hmm. Amendment. Yes. Yeah, lots of questions of that. Yeah. It, yeah, and, and there's there's different views on that and different theories, all of which, uh, as you know, I want to get more into in the future. But oh my goodness, that's going to be like a two or three monther, because it's it's a <laughs> deep well. <clears throat> but we'll be depending on you to call in on that, because I know you're well. Hey, can I bring up one more point? Sure. Okay, uh, talking about the Sixteenth Amendment again. Okay, uh, uh, I have. Uh, like I said, I went to Lynn Meredith's book and read it, and then I went to the federal statutes to confirm, to try and confirm what she said, mm-hmm. and I found that she said was true. The Title 26 uh, Internal Revenue Code does not make the citizens of the 50 states liable for the federal income tax. Mm. And the way it does that is by saying, by defining the states of the United States, and I have here in front of me definitions of the states of the United States and it's not us. Hmm. Okay, for example, I have here Title Four defines the term state as any territory or possession of the United States. And also there's a Supreme Court decision in nineteen forty five called Hooven and Allison Company versus Evett, which defined the United States. It said in this case we have to define the United States and this is the last time we'll do it. And they defined the states of the United States as being territories and areas that came under the control of Congress mm-hmm. when uh, when the, the Union was formed. Interesting. And then, so, oh, so when when I look when I look at Title Twenty Six, Subtitle A, which is the normal taxes and surtaxes, it defines the United States as including the the, the states of the United States. While in subtitle D on excise taxes, it defines the United States as including the 50 states. Now, my question is, why in subtitle A does it say uh, define the United States as including the states of the United States, while in subtitle D, it defines the United States as including the 50 states? So two different definitions. 
that 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 that's another strong indication that the the, the citizens of the fifty states are not liable for the federal income tax, and that you know that that's that's what I'd like to to put forward. Well, that again, that's an, that's an interesting observation and idiosyncrasy mm-hmm. in in that title as well. Um, I need to read it. There's something that I definitely need to read up on more. I've been reading up on it. When I can here and there, I definitely have questions on validity of some of this, most of it, actually. But we we need to do, one of these days, we're going to do a deep dive into it, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. (laughs) I'll be right up your alley. You know, I've studied in detail uh, subtitle A, federal income, normal tax and surtax, and I know for a fact... It does not make the citizens of the 50 states liable for the federal income tax. It can't do that because, because uh, the 16th Amendment was never, was never, uh, never did that. It never, made, it never made direct taxes without apportionment legal. It did yeah. not do it. Well, the, the part of the problem here, too, is that the judicial system has upheld the 16th Amendment and the tax title codes through the years. So what we really have is more of a system of tradition of taxing rather than legal taxation. And the tradition of taxation being judicially upheld is kind of what we're fighting right now. Um, And and there have been debates on whether changing the tax codes in Congress is the best way to do this, or having specific battles in the courts might be the way to do this. And, of course, at this point, there's it doesn't seem like there's any good options. There's definitely no quick Options. Right, and uh, and uh, and and I found this here at famguardian.org, and I've included the link to you, Natalie. Um, but um, a gentleman by the name of Bill Benson um, wrote the law that never was, volumes one and two, um, where he 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 did an exhaustive he did uh, exhaustive research on this and found that um, um, the Sixteenth Amendment was not ratified because it didn't have the uh, the number of states necessary in order to legally ratify it, and they, and he's got a chart here, and we'll we'll add a link to that for people to see. But there are a few other cases too that are that are noted in this um, it, regarding the Sixteenth Amendment, where there were challenges to the uh, income tax by the by the federal government, um, which n- nothing ever allowed the federal government to legally tax uh, um, on income. So one could almost right. say that the federal government has been abusing this aspect of our relationship since the <laughs> 16th Amendment was supposedly ratified. Right. Yeah, controlling, yeah. controlling the purse springs, purse strings, um, whether we can or can't work, how much we can make, how much of our paycheck can we or can't we take home. So, well, thank you so much, Dave, for calling in. Okay. Always appreciate your insight and your additions oh. to the conversation. Okay, thank you. All right, thank okay, you, we'll Dave. We'll talk to you le- next week, for sure. So there so there you go. Actually, that was a great addition. Yeah, they've, they've been abusing. I mean, we're going through this whole 15 signs of an abusive relationship right now, based on what we're going through today. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that the government has been 
little by little taking over, like an abuser, taking over parts of your life, parts of their relationship with you as a citizen. So where would this through fall? Through the years. Where would this fall, the 16th Amendment here? It's not legal for the, the, the federal government to tax our, our uh, income, but we just allow that. It's control. It, it, I think it falls under number five. Control the finances or won't let you work. Because, hey, if you don't pay income tax, what happens? Go to prison. IRS comes after you. You go to prison. Uh, employers really don't like it when you don't have federal income tax coming out of your paycheck. Well, many employers all. won't hire you if yeah. you don't if you don't sign um, if you don't have the the proper forms. Right. If you don't have the proper forms, if you don't have the proper exemptions or or reporting, etc. Yeah, that they have to make sure that oh well, we have to send this portion for Medicaid and this portion for Workman's Comp and this portion for Social Security, and you have to make sure that the the chunk the right chunk goes to federal. So yeah, you can't work unless you pay income tax. Yeah, that falls under. Pay five. the man his fair share, buddy. <clears throat> so on to. Number seven, they like to monitor everything you do, every step you take. Yeah, that I always thought that song was creepy, by I'll the way. I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. Monitor everything you do. Oh, gosh. From uh, airports, collecting travel contact forms. Yeah. Remember when National Guard was deployed to uh, New York at airports to do that? Mm-hmm. Hmm, never wondered what happened to those. Yeah, one of one of the colleagues from American Institute for Economic Research got a call, a robocall, from the New York City sheriff after traveling, and they threatened them to call back or receive a knock on their door to make sure that they're quarantining. Yeah, remember New York got so bad about this, about making sure. Oh, you got a quarantine. What was it at first? Twenty days 10 days two weeks whichever it was oh yeah and if you see something say something yeah early in 2020 an australian couple was fined a thousand dollars for breaking lockdown orders even though they had posted old photos and didn't actually break lockdown rules yeah they were old photos posted and then they were threatened with arrest if they posted any more photos oh good lord yeah and this kind of falls in line with the whole tech tyranny thing because oh yeah is big tech really just uh you know this utility that we just all kind of use to stay connected anymore no they're kind of big brother right now they are big brother well you know and i I hate looking over your shoulder i hate to keep beating a dead horse here but again that article that we'll talk about here in a little bit Mm -hmm. uh from from uh, indiana university here that's something that they they actually mention in there um Mm. that the algorithms for uh the social media the algorithms are designed to foster anger it, it, well, it, the algorithms are designed to generate views by fostering anger. Because Ooh. if you're angry, if you're if you're if you're upset, you're emotional, mm-hmm. and then you get really just invested in something, whether it's healthy or not. And that's that's how the social media thing works. Because think about it: if you don't believe that, if you think that's hyperbole, take a look at. Facebook versus MySpace. 
<laughs> and uh, and you yes, may be asking, what's, what's yeah. MySpace? Exactly. Because MySpace didn't foster um, fear, anger. It didn't, it, it, it no, didn't let generate. Let people put out whatever they wanted. Right. It didn't generate this investment of, of emotional energy that comes from being angry or being afraid. They didn't quite go that far. It was a place to talk and hang out with people virtually, share music and things with like that. With very few controls, if any. Uh, Facebook has, yeah, of course, now we know way too many controls. Oh, and let's not forget, especially here in New Mexico, but all over the country, all over the world, snitch lines. Hmm, anyone remember the snitch lines of 2020? Oh, yeah, yeah. The restaurants. Yep. Oh, I'm snitching on my neighbor. Na- my neighbor was outside walking her dog, and it wasn't necessary because it was their third time that day. Mm, yeah, snitch lines to accommodate. Oh, for reporting lockdown violations and not wearing masks. Yeah, how, how many uh, businesses in New Mexico suffered because of that? People poking into other people's business, basically getting us to report to the government and do our own self-monitoring. Uh, that was just despicable. It was horrible. When, yeah, we definitely check off number seven. Well, and, um, you know, Washington, I mean, sorry, not Washington State. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we heard the rumors about that. But um, haven't verified that stuff yet. But New York, um, for years mm-hmm. now, actually, uh, at least three years now, I think they've been, they, they have a, I think it's a, a House Assembly bill that they have been trying to push um, that gives three people in that state the power to say, you know what, you're not vaccinated, you're a danger to society, we are going to lock right. you up. <clears throat> and, and that goes right into number eight, which is they punish you for breaking the rules. Oh, you're not going to wear a mask. Oh, you're not going to get tested. Oh, you're not going to get vaxxed. Well, yeah, in some places, they're locking people up forcing them to stay home, um, denying them socioeconomic participation. Oh, yeah, but the rules keep changing. So, yeah, y- yeah you're, you're, you're being punished for breaking the rules. Oh, but I'm going to change the rules whenever I feel like it. Hmm, yeah, Fauci much? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. You don't have to wear that. Oh, wear two masks. Oh, just wear the whole box. Why not? Let's, let's just be extra safe here. Yeah, even those who think ahead and proactively try to improve public safety get caught up in this, by the way. So um, in March 2020, police threatened to find a London shopkeeper for criminal damage after she vandalized the sidewalk with chalk markings intended to help her customers observe six-foot distancing. And of course, we've all seen those crop up in yeah grocery stores. But yeah, no, the rules keep changing. Oh, but God forbid you break any of the rules. We're going to punish you. You're going to get kicked off a platform. You're going to get fired from your job. How many industries have been hard hit by that this past year with vax mandates? You will be punished if you don't comply. But goodness knows who, what, you know, what the rules are today. Hmm. Yeah, they keep changing. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. They'll, they'll never require mask mandates you know, early in 2020. Oh, don't worry. They'll never require vax mandates. Hmm. Yeah. Well, how many people have now suffered because of those mandates that were never going to happen. Hmm? Yes. And then this goes right into number nine. They're going to tell you it's for your own good and that they know better. 
Yes, nothing like the tyranny of the stupid elite. Fauci knows best, but goodness knows what Fauci knows because he keeps contradicting himself. Oh, yeah, dentist, doctors who came forward. And Does anyone remember back in 2020 when I, I think it was a, an intensive care unit doctor or an emergency unit doctor, one of those, came forward to, I think it was Congress, and, and was talking about this COVID pandemic and coronavirus and what they had observed were effective measures, effective treatments. Was this doctor lauded for cataloging and you know, g- getting all of his anecdotal information together and saying, hey, here's what we've observed in our hospital that works for treatment. Anyone remember what happened to him? Yeah, was, was he lauded as a hero for spreading information that could save lives? No, he was nope. not. No, no, no. Congress knew better. No, no, no. The media knew better. Oh, no, no, no. NIH and Fauci knew better. How about all those American frontline doctors? How about Simone Gold, who you know started the uh, white coat, um, what, what do they call it, in front of the White House, outside the White House, because they wouldn't let anyone in. Right, now, all right. those hundreds of doctors who lost their jobs. Why? Oh, because the elites know better. Yeah, I think we tick off ni- number nine. You know, and this our th- own good, this even is, here in New Mexico. This is exactly what I was talking about with the, the political science degrees. We are now being ruled by people who have no practical experience in the real world where you and I live. Like Dr. Disgrace? Hmm. Yeah. Is he an epidemiologist? Is he an immunologist? No, he was the governess's personal doctor. And he has been giving us, ad, quote, advice for how long? No, oh, no, yeah. not, not advice, mandates. These, oh, yeah. this, it's not advice. We don't, if you ask them, we don't have the option to say, no, thank you. No, you we don't. We don't have that option. We must comply. And that goes right into number 10. They don't allow you to question them. Oh, oh but what about the actual science? Nope, nope. If you question us, you're a science denier. But... You you're, you're a, you contradict the science. Nope, science denier. Science denier, you want people dead. You want to kill grandma. Yeah, how, oh, gosh, yeah. You're killing grandma. If you don't wear the mask, you're killing grandma. If you don't get vaxxed, you're killing other people. They don't allow you to question it. You couldn't question the lockdowns. You couldn't raise doubts about the approach. Uh, led to deplatforming, silencing of any debate. Uh, Cam- California trauma medical director, Dr. Michael Dubois-Blanc, he was fired for concluding, based on data, that it was safe to reopen schools. And he even wrote a letter questioning Contra Costa, uh, Contra Costa County's, good Lord, that's alliterative, lockdown measures. Yeah, he got fired because he's like, um, I'm not so sure that you guys are basing your school lockdown measures on science. Here's my proof. Oh, nope, you're fired. And this happens again and again and again. Yeah, we, we, can't, uh, we can't even 
question, you know, idiots like Fauci. Oh, yeah, God forbid that you get some to, something together called the Great Barrington Declaration, that you get thousands of doctors and lawyers together saying, hey, both legally, medically, scientifically, your approach to this whole pandemic has been off. You're hurting people more than you're helping them. Nope, a lot of those doctors and lawyers are being canceled. And these still. Are, and these aren't these aren't doctors and lawyers just on paper. These no. are doctors and lawyers who are involved day to day with healthcare, with with the Patients. with law. They they're out there. They're practically on the ground. They're seeing this. They practice this every day. These aren't people that sit in Washington in an office in a think tank and say, well, you know what, we we know what's best. These are people that see this every day. Yeah. They see the effects of these mandates every single day. Yeah, so number, number 10, yeah, you're not allowed to question it. And that if you do, that leads to number point 11, they tell you you're crazy and no one agrees with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that those crazy right-wing conspiracy theorists who, who, who think that they can slap a name like the Great Barrington Declaration on something and think that that means anything. Yeah, no one agrees with them, people. Oh, yeah, well, Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon, Cuomo, CNN, MSNDC, all, all of those outlets. Anytime someone comes out questioning the approach based on sound information by the way not just based on conspiracy theory they get called conspiracy theorists they get called crazies oh yeah no one agrees with them no one could possibly why oh yeah because facebook cancels them and google makes sure that they get excluded from searches right and and if you look at the the healthcare industry um, nurses and doctors there's there's some pretty high spectacularly high numbers of vaccination rates there mm-hmm. um, and and the reason that that's important is because if you see a number like I don't know 91 percent you're gonna think man like am I the only one who's not vaccinated here but here's the problem that number is only after those who refuse to be vaccinated are We're fired. fired. Right. Or quit yes. because of a hostile work environment, which, by the way, everybody, is illegal. If you mm-hmm. create a hostile work environment towards someone, that's illegal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Civil you're not going to hear about that in the mainstream media, in the propaganda machines, in the Facebooks. You're not going to hear any of that there. But yeah. that goes to the, that whole, you're all alone, yeah. everyone no else one agrees is with doing you, this. But, and yet, no one agrees with you all. You're all crazies. However, to date, the Great Barrington Declaration has almost one million signatures, uh, over 850,000 concerned citizens, over 15,000 public health scientists, medical and health scientists, and over 46,000 medical practitioners between the North Americas and the UK, Australia, and then some parts of uh, South America and South Africa. Yeah, almost 50,000 medical practitioners have signed on. I don't think that's nobody. 505 
800-266-1600 to join the very heated conversation here in the Kiva. Remember, we're talking about 15 signs to know if you're in an abusive relationship with your government. I don't know. So far, we've gotten through, let's see how many, 1 through 10, and we've ticked off, uh, no, 1 through 11. We've ticked off every single box so far. Caller, you're in the Kiva with Liberty Nat and Jaybird. Who do we have on the line? So David Brent Olson, a.k.a. David Olson 333, everywhere on the Internet. Tash, or, or show killer here in the Kiva. Yes, we're, we're to, we're, this is actually the perfect topic for you to come in on today with us. David, what have you got for us? Well, these are all, i got a paragraph of notes on what you've said, what I've heard to, to this point, and I'd like to quickly rattle through them, and then we can sure. talk about any, anything that you want to talk about. So beginning, uh, and these are, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase my own notes as I look at them. I wrote, uh, we the people have the right, are authorized, have the duty to look directly to the founding documents of the United States, and then at the and then look at the actions of the current government and take direct action on any discrepancies. And I would uh, say that there are all kinds of discrepancies oh, between yeah. the measuring yeah, stick that, that are the founding documents of the Declaration of Independence and the uh, Constitution and any other associated uh, uh, documents. And next, um, and these are in no particular order, oh, rough, roughly they're chronological as I heard them, um, uh, you were talking about uh, uh, spying and phones and such like this. Mm-hmm. I saw an article on uh, Ubuntu that I didn't get a chance to read, but I presume that what it was, the article was going to say uh, that in relation to smartphones, that we use open source software on our smartphones, on generic smartphones, so that we're not tied to Apple or Google. And it's possible that uh, Elon Musk may be, well, I know that he's working on a phone. I don't know what he's going to do with it. He could go either way. He could be more controlling or he could be uh, more open, we'll see. Um, And that ties into uh, the satellites that he's released all over the world that will soon serve the entire world uh, uh, with the direct satellite cell phone signal. And uh, and it ties into his little Mars project and other things as well. And then uh, continuing on on that same topic of phones, phones uh, probably will become and should become like uh, two-way radios, like Mm walkie-talkies. You go to Walmart, you buy a walkie-talkie, and you can talk to any other walkie-talkie on the frequency, and that's what cell phones should become. Uh, we've been we've been somehow uh, allowing face or Google and uh, and uh, Android, Google and um, uh, the other one, uh, Apple, to control us in a manner that they should not be able to. And the only reason they got that market is because they were the ones they were the only ones that had the capital to create the huge structures all at once. But yes. we're we're getting close to where it should be able to be done uh, by many other competitors. Uh, and that points that by by definition of uh, 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 Google and Apple are monopolies. They're not. There's not enough uh, market share amongst mm-hmm. uh, uh, other than those two competitors for them to claim that they are not a monopoly. And monopolies are not allowed in this country um, without regulation. Um, and uh, there's another possibility of uh, phones. Are there's a technology, software technology that allows uh, devices to link one to another, to another, to another, thereby creating the cellular network just amongst amongst the existing phones with no need for a central mm. quarterback like uh, yeah private Android, localized Google. networks yeah, or, i've read about or, that uh, apple uh, the uh, i i am presently for the manyth time but this is the first time that i've been shadow banned i've been i was my my page is read by facebook uh, uh, red read by facebook mm-hmm. and says i'm restricted restricted for at least at least 90 days 
because what I did is I is I uh, I, sh- I shared a link to Infowars with no content whatsoever. It was a link only Just to, to the, the main site of yep. Infowars in the form of their Infowars logo. No content oh. at all about vaccination or anything else. Only a logo of Info, Info, Infowars, and I was uh, I'm shadow banned. In other words, my post mm-hmm. will not be seen. In their normal manner, for they say at least ninety days. So continuing forward, um, you 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 cited Rachel Maddow says <laughs> you can't say that uh, you you can't say that uh, Rachel Maddow, and that's ironic coming from Rachel Maddow exactly. who is Jewish. And, exactly. Um, government is out of control was a statement you made and attributing uh, to many people, including Mark Levin. And let me remind you that uh, when Obama was still president, I called Mark Levin and got on his program and, and said things like I'm saying now, and I concluded with uh, uh, citing the Declaration of Independence, and I publicly, on Mark Levin's venue, withdrew my consent to this, govern, this mm-hmm. government because I saw it... it uh, uh, whatever it was seven years ago, plus or minus, as out out of control, um, and death death by a thousand cuts. You you uh, cited uh, right now, and let me let me remind you that it that it didn't start uh, now. Mm-hmm. It started in 1776. The power, the world powers that be, never expected these these stupid little Americans to succeed. And what and what they did in taking an entire continent away from the, the world powers that be. And so th- this didn't start recently. It started immediately in 1776 when the powers that be saw that they were losing control of the world. And, and, and they have been in continuous action against the pesky Americans ever since. Um, and we need, to, we need to seize this opportunity uh, that COVID has brought us to, dispo- yeah. to, to uh, expose them and dispose of them. They are not your legitimate government. And uh, Jeff- Jefferson, oh, here's a, a correction to Jefferson. Let me correct, uh, be so bold as to co- uh, correct Jefferson. Uh, Mr. Jefferson, uh, you said that there, uh, we must have a revolution every 20 years. And I'm going to correct him by saying it's not a revolution because no. we don't want anything <clears throat> other than what the founding documents provide right. for. Uh, hijackers have come in and and diverted us from what's in the founding documents, the charters of this nation, and we want exactly that. So, therefore, exactly. by definition, Jefferson's not correct. It's not a revolution. We, the, the revolution has already happened by those powers that be that have taken the legitimate uh, government of, of this country uh, away from us. And uh, finishing up... Um, uh, let's see, a revolution would be overthrowing the government. We, the people, are trying to hold on to the original government of yes. the U.S. against these unlawful powers. Um, and uh, let's see, then the last one, it looks like, uh, or, oh, you, 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 one of the things that you cited about abuse, uh, and I forget which number it was, but what you're describing there, oh, you're crazy. When, when yes, the one about the being crazy, 11. that's gaslighting. Yes. That's gaslighting. And, uh, back to the communications, Commun- these companies, Facebook and all of the others, they are common carriers by definition and should be regulated as such as common carriers. And they're common carriers now that they hold they hold a uh, practical and a virtual and a de facto uh, monopoly. Once again, monopolies are not allowed without regulation. And once the, the, the competition that is coming up in the form of all the other things that now exist, like Getter and MeWe and Gab, et cetera, et cetera, and all the ones that will come up in the future – 
will slowly make it such that these companies are not a monopoly, but at the moment they are, and they're unlawfully abusing us using that monopoly uh, power. Uh, and in that MySpace example that you cited, that I uh, coincidentally I had cited that exact same uh, example of MySpace versus uh, uh, Facebook a couple weeks ago uh, on one one program or another. And uh, commenting, there is so much overwhelming evidence presently of that that they, these people are completely un- unlawful and out of line. The the amazing thing to me is that the Americans have take have taken uh, so much of this abuse when there's so much evidence that can convict these people uh, as mm-hmm. it stands right now. And uh, let's see, back in oh, you you addressed. I don't remember the context, but you addressed uh, back engineering. Uh, what oh, you were saying that they're not using actual. Uh, uh, scientists that are objective, what they're doing is uh, mm-hmm. using crony scientists, patsy scientists, whatever, to say whatever it is they want to say. And what that is is back engineering. And here's a New Mexico example. Uh, there's a lawyer in New Mexico who is representing me uh, in my, my child custody cases. And this was an, an attorney appointed for me by the state of New Mexico. And he said to me uh, in, in, the, uh, in the hearing where Judge Monica Zamora was proven to have illegally trafficked my children and she was reversed by the Court of Appeals, this lawyer, which I'm not going to name right now, he said to me, he wanted to warn me what, what was about to go down. And he said to me, and I'm paraphrasing as close as I can, a quote um, that, uh, David, I just want to uh, 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 give you a heads up that these courts, meaning M. Monica Zamora and the Children's Court in, in, in uh, Albuquerque, do not always and do not necessarily follow the law and the facts as they mm. are required to by law. What they do is they back-engineer the case. They decide in advance what they want the outcome to be, and then they engineer the process in order to give them plausible deniability when they unlawfully decide against you. And that's exactly what Monica Zamora did, and I I proved that in the Court of Appeals that she back-engineered it, and the Court of Appeals reversed it. So that's back-engineering, and that comes uh, to the end of my list. Thank you. Well, one thing I will say... David, is I think you're probably one of our listeners that it pays the most attention to what goes on on the radio and what we say. We, so we really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything that you pointed out there. In fact, that was a very good summary. Um, yeah, that the whole back engineering thing and the way that that's been played out in the courts in New Mexico, that definitely explains a lot about why our courts are so backwards why we don't get a lot done in the courts as far as holding criminals accountable, but then putting a lot of stupid, stupid things through and putting a lot of people through unnecessary upheaval and pain through the courts. And and it's interesting that your lawyer acknowledged that, because it's really hard to get lawyers to acknowledge that that is the case here in New Mexico. And I've had some interesting conversations with lawyers about what is or is not actually legal. And and most of the times they eh, kind of try to worm their way around it, squirm around it. And half the time they'll just say, well, that's just kind of how it is here. But interesting that he actually acknowledged up front that this is the way it is here. The courts don't always follow the law. Hmm. Wonder right. if, well, I wonder yeah. if that's why we're almost always last in everything good and first in everything 
bad. Well, and we yeah. also we know they don't follow the law too. I mean, Natalie, you and I know this personally. There was a lawsuit, and I'm not going to go into details on this, but so w- what we found out is is um, company here in town tried to sue us, and we were served with papers, and we had to respond. And it's very specifically said in the papers if if we did not respond by a certain date, then the court by default would find in favor of the plaintiff. But then with M- with Michelle Lujan Gruesome, when the Restaurant Association filed mm-hmm. a lawsuit against her... And she didn't respond. She didn't respond, period. It completely ignored and it. The court, and the, the court, the district court, did find in favor of the Restaurant Association. No, and no, they didn't. No, they, they did at first. So, so they did at first put a stay on her order specifically that the restaurants had to close. This was back in, I think, uh, May or summer of 2020. And then what she did is she just went directly to the Supreme Court, you know, d- d- passed go, collected 200 on her way, I guess you could say, and said, oh, no, if we're going to appeal this, and the Supreme Court is the one who said, no, no, her order still stands. Why? They, they didn't actually give a good reason why it should stand. No, but this they was... Ju- they this just said, we're overturning the lower court. But this was the lawsuit where she was required to respond um, to a certain by a certain time, and she mm-hmm. did not. She completely ignored it, oh. and the court found in her favor, which is against the law. Yeah, you or I, or David, or anybody else, if we're served with papers, we have to respond, and if we don't, we lose the case by default. But that didn't happen for Michelle Lujan Gruesome. Yep, yep. the Supreme so Court, who is owned by her, they found in favor for her. Yeah, they reversed the So decision. we know we know what what David's saying here is 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 Absolutely. accurate. We know that that the 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 courts here are corrupt. We know this. They're corrupt. We've seen that the yeah, examples are the all governor, around us. If you're the governor, apparently they will bend over backwards to, you know, serve her purposes and still are because, you know, they're still not calling her out for all of the illegal things that she has done this past year and a half with usurping authority even though the legislature is now finally, some of them anyway, trying to sue her for that. Well, thank you, David, so much for calling in today. Thank you for listening and for adding to the show and adding to the conversation. Appreciate your call, sir, and definitely talk to you again next week. Thank you. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely call it. Yeah. We can always count on show killer calling in. And, but these days, you know, he doesn't kill the show so often, so we might have to find another moniker for him. So back really quick here to the last few points on, you know, you're in an abusive relationship if number 12, they call you names or shame you for being stupid or selfish Oh, gee, what kind of names could could they have called us this past year? Let's see. Uh, science deniers, flat earthers, racists, xenophobes, well, misogynists. Selfish. Some of them didn't selfish. even, oh, yeah, selfish. But I mean, some of the things that we have been called for sticking up for our rights, for maintaining the right to question things, for, oh, hey, let's look at actual science instead of... Uh, what, what was it, David, called it back-engineered science? Yeah, they, they call you all kinds of things, some of which don't even make sense. Well, on Pro- uh, Mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, in 2020, remarked on the radio that if you see large gatherings or someone out in public not wearing a mask, you should socially shame them so they fall in line. 
Well, country of India went even further. They published names, phone numbers, and addresses of COVID-positive individuals in newspapers and on social media. Oh, violating, of course, medical ethic codes, patients' privacy rights, rights, leading to stigmatization, aggressive attacks, and social ostracism. Yeah, and and what is it India lacks? Oh, yeah, a constitution. Mm. Yeah, and then, of well, course, you if, you're anti-lock- if you were anti-lockdown this whole time, then you were linked with racism, ageism, white supremacy. Yeah, that one I never could quite get. What the, white, what the heck does it have to do with white supremacy? Uh, string of blame targeted at young people, restaurants, right-wing individualists, nationalists uh, frequently followed with wishes that you you know these self selfish individuals covid deniers oh yeah and don't forget covid idiots should catch covid and die yeah and, and we're not we're not talking about fringe people saying this folks corporate media yeah corporate media how many times did they celebrate uh, oh gosh what, what, what's what's her face joy reed she, she would celebrate every single time a Republican, usually from Florida or Texas, oh, yeah, well, they finally caught COVID. Well, that's what they get for denying the science. Well, and, you know, and even locally, um, our very own uh, Representative Tom, uh, Thompson, I think, uh, we just talked about her last week, you mm-hmm. know. Um, she's never passed a buffet that she didn't like. Um, <laughs> she One of her favorite things is covid idiots. She's yep. that she is, loves using that. That is it. That's one of her favorite terms. And um, I don't. I, there. Yep. Uh, it's like there you there you go there you have it. It's it's all over. Oh yeah, President Trump himself. Oh man, the media celebrated when he caught COVID. Oh wow, yeah, Mitt Wolfie. He deserves it. He should die. Um. Yeah. But God. But God forbid we we turn that around. On them. Oh, you're insensitive. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. and even even some people from one of the churches we go to um, last year heard a conversation um, before the election was stolen. Um, and unfortunately for um, your, for for Trekkies, I'm sorry, George Takai got uh, George, in on the shaming. George <gasps> Takai is one of the worst. But even if you even, know someone who's e- acting res- irresponsibly, please shame them into social isolation. Well, and, and back to my story here, one, some um, some of the people at, at this one of the churches we go to, they had actually said well, at last year when they found out that as they put it, um, I think they called him Bonehead. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bonehead in the White House referring to Trump because Donald Trump was the president at that time. They said when they heard that the Bonehead got vi- uh, the virus, they said they had hoped he would die. Which this from in in the in, in the in lobby a of a church on a Sunday morning from some folks who sit there and praise our creator are saying this. I mean Yeah. And of course the government led the way and then of course the media took up the gauntlet and like, oh yeah, it's okay to shame people. It's okay to call them names. Hmm. Yeah, so we check off that box for sure. Uh thirteen and, and this is something David Shokilla was saying. They gaslight you. They challenge your memory of events. They make you doubt yourself. And if does anyone remember where the term gaslighting came from? It's actually from a movie. And I don't. I don't remember the name of the movie, sweetie. Maybe you do, but it's uh, it's from a movie where back in the gaslight era, before you know electricity, when gas was used. 
to uh, they had these little gas light bulbs i guess um this husband was trying to literally drive his wife insane so that she would go crazy you know he was making her question reality he would turn the gas lights on no no you turn them off they're off but the lights are on no and then he would turn them off oh no you just turn them on but but the lights are off it's dark and he literally drove her crazy during the movie gaslighting that that's where the term actually come from yeah, it's flipping the truth on its head what's true is false what false is true yeah we've been told conflicting story after conflicting story they'll attempt to connect you to questionable logic politicize it to their advantage flip the narrative oh we're not virtue signaling your vice signaling yeah remember that one vice signaling ugh Fauci has flip-flopped so many times on mask advice, then encouraging school closures, criticizing reopening schools, then saying later, I never said to close schools. And, oh, yeah, yeah, you could get together with family. Oh, no, you can't get together with family. You don't want to kill grandma. And in one of the most egregious changes of scientific definition to date, the World Health Organization themselves updated their website, remember this, to delete any mention of naturally acquired immunity. They changed the definition of immunity to mean only immunity required via vaccination. And they deleted naturally acquired immunity from your body's own immune system getting over a virus. I remember when that happened. I yeah. just about went ballistic. And, and this goes right back to what, what uh, David was saying just a few minutes ago, the back engineering. Um, this is a, a, a prime example of that. Virology has been, has, has it's really been established it's the for over a hundred years. And here we are now, things are being back engineered. Now um, this uh, natural immunity thing uh, oh, all of a sudden, the, is, we don't is know no longer, how long that lasts. Yeah, it's no. Does longer it even a thing. exist? Yes, it exists. Come on, are we going to suddenly deny over a hundred years of? Oh, this is their term, by the way, settled science. Oh, how dare you question the settled science? We're not questioning it. You guys just flipped it on its head, and are denying it. Gaslighting. That's gaslighting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And anyway, to answer your question, and in all fairness, I, I did have to look it up. <laughs> um, that term is from a movie, and and are you ready for this? Hmm. Um, this is going <clears> to <throat> blow your mind. The movie from 1944 is called Gaslight. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to have to find that and watch that. So I want to see that now. Yeah, I mean, it's it it that's the name <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, well, we're almost to the end here. Number 14, you know your government is abusive if they dismiss your opinions. Hmm. Well, if shaming or gaslighting doesn't work, then I guess dismissing your opinions is the next best option. Yeah, they'll dismiss you as unqualified. Unelected officials even have dismissed alternative opinions. Science denier. As nonsense, very dangerous. Oh no, what is it Fauci likes to say? Alternative facts. 
But we have a problem with alternative facts in this. I think Biden might himself might have oh, even used that. Biden yeah. is an alternative fact. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the man's life is an alternative fact. I love it. Yes, the puppet in the White House. <laughs> He's an alternative president, really, and not even a good one at that. Yeah, but meantime, yeah, they're going to dismiss the actual experts and then allow the opinions of other obviously unqualified experts to influence policy and society. And I, I, we've got some friends who are doctors. And every time I'm like, so yeah, what about Sanjay Gupta? They roll their eyes. They're like, not sure he's even a real doctor. Um, yeah, you're in a, oh, if you share anything, by the way, that goes against the status quo, even if they're not doctors, they're going to go, well, you're not an epidemiologist. And in the meantime, they like to ignore, oh, gee, say Neil Ferguson's Ph.D. in crystal physics. Mm. Well, you know, and the funny thing is the people that um, frequently say that to you, oh, you're not an epidemiologist. Well, Well, are you? you? And did you get your information from an actual epidemiologist? Well, Fauci's an epidemiologist. Yeah, it's been, what, 40 years since he actually treated anybody? Mm. Yeah, an awful lot. If you actually look and you don't have to look hard in the actual professional medical research world, and I'm being specific here because most people make the assumption mistakenly that all doctors are scientists and are therefore part of the research world. No, that's not actually true. There's a very niche, there's a very small niche of medical and health research scientists a lot of them don't like Fauci. Well, Just you know, and, and I hate the term settled science because to me what that denotes is that um, you found the answer, <laughs> the definitive answer. Which is not what science is about, by the way. It's about, it's technically right. the scientific method. Right. I mean, we're, we're looking for answers, certainly. But um, when, when we start, when we settle for settled science, you know, what we're saying is, okay, you've got the answer we now we just stop looking. We mm-hmm. stop. We We're stop done. any research. We no more questioning. Yeah, no more questioning. This is it. Th- this is the, Scientists the very. Scientists are end. still asking questions about gravity to this day. By the way, and uh, most people would assume that gravity is a settled science. Yeah, we know it exists, but man, there's still a lot of questions. We don't actually know how. But it's not settled science. Whether or it not it exists, yeah. we don't really know the mechanism behind it. And the, now, I believe it exists. I mean, um, I've fallen enough times <laughs> to, to know, know that, yeah. I, that it exists, at yeah, least in my world, it exists. Can explain it completely? But, yeah, yeah, I can't explain it to you, the mechanism behind it. Um, I mean, I, I get too heavy and I fall. <laughs> I, I, I get too fat. I eat too many Christmas cookies and I fall. <laughs> your, your feet I don't, don't know. catch you? Yeah, but you it, fall. But it, it's there. And that's mm-hmm. the problem with settled science is you, you get to a point where, you know what, I've arrived. Um, I know it all. At mm-hmm. this point, and yeah. that's where that's that's where we end up get, uh, falling into the traps because now um, we believe everything that we're spoon fed, or yeah. we're again, arrogant enough to say, you know, we know everything, and you know, you better listen to me because I know it all. Yeah, and then and you just, know nothing, and then they'll just dismiss your opinion because you know you don't agree with their narrative. Right, yeah. and that that just completely dismisses. Um, the, uh, what critical anyone thinking. else might and, have to say or think. Right, and critical thinking is now thrown out the window, and once we get rid of critical thinking, now we're just mindless zombies listening to um, you know, the Fauci's of the world telling us <laughs> they know better than, than we do what we need. And last but not least, number 15. Dun, dun, dun. You know your government is abusive if they play the victim 
And if things go wrong, it's all your fault. Uh, yeah, we, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Hmm. Blame game much? Yeah, regardless of the fact that that's not what the statistics show. Wait, I thought most people in this country were already vaccinated, huh? Hey, I thought most people in this state, New Mexico, were already vaccinated. Oh, yeah, but well, what is it with Lujan Grisham? It's not enough. We, we need more people vaccinated. I want more. Mm-hmm. She says yeah. that. Victimization blame game it's everywhere on social media it's in corporate news it's in public life oh you may you're responsible for deaths if you don't mask up you're not a good person <clears throat> um oh yeah second lockdown which ha- you know but with at the time by the way that this air article was uh written they were discussing and arguing that a second lockdown may be needed because people did not closely adhere to the rules the first time. And it's all your fault for being irresponsible and selfish just because you wanted to get together during holidays. Yeah, that was all in the news cycle back in December of 2021. And this is the big lie. We met all the metrics that Gruesome wanted. We mm-hmm. met those metrics. And, then and it wasn't enough. And even our, even our local journalists started noticing that too because they put the numbers out there in print and they put, oh, look, we met our numbers. Oh, wait, she locked us down again. Yeah, it kind of made fools of the local media for that one. Yeah, but, you know, it's never enough. They want more. And if things go wrong, it's all your fault. They will always blame the people who disagree with them. And, yeah, you're, you're never going to be right. It's all your fault. And the, re- the, the, the rest of us, you know, we're the victims here. You guys are the perpetrators. Yeah, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Fauci, even Fauci's been spreading this. Yeah, you know, and Dr. Disgrace mm-hmm. and Gruesome both said if we get to a certain point, we can start opening up. We can get back we to normal get lives. To this point. Well, we-, we got to that point. And, and guess what? Like point yeah. number 15. How many of you got the vax because you wanted to stop wearing the mask? How many of you got the vax because you wanted to be able to go back to work and just get back to your normal lives? And has that helped anything? Hmm. Yeah. Answer would be no. So there you go, people. Number one through 15. You know you're in an abusive relationship with your government. And it's not even just a few of these. And by the way, people who go through counseling that are victims of abuse, they don't have to tick off all 15 boxes for the counselor to go, yeah, you're in an abusive relationship. It's sometimes a combination of a few, half. No, we are in all 15 signs that our government is abusing us, has been abusing us, and has no intention to stop abusing us there we go they're abusive so what do we do well uh let's see since the goal of any abuser is to ensure that you feel isolated alone dependent so that they can maintain control if because you know if you have no options someone or somewhere else to turn to then the abusive narcissist or sociopath they can just continue to go on abusing you they'll imprison you make it harder for you to leave but that's the thing we have to leave the abuser 
we have to, in, the, in our case, specifically with government, we have to vote them out, fire them. Because the more that they're given absolute authority to enforce and implement methods to keep us confined inside of this abusive relationship, the more that it's just going to continue. And uh, come on, does any abuser just voluntarily one day wake up and say, you know what? I'm done being abusive. Here, you can go ahead and have your freedom and your life back and your choices. No, no abuser ever does that. The victims, you have to decide that you're not going to be a victim anymore. You have to decide that you're going to leave. Stop ceding your power and authority to the government. And we have to decide that we're going to replace them. And ironically, you know, one of the many unintended consequences of allowing institutional abuse to continue is it becomes increasingly difficult for the people trapped in this abusive relationship to leave, seek help, get checked on. But you know, it, it is star- it's already starting to happen. Secession day would be <laughs> all on board with this. People are already in soft secession. People are fleeing blue states. New Mexico, yeah, remember we're one of those few states as uh, Eddie and Dowd talked about this week, who have a population loss. Total population loss, meaning not only have we suffered a loss of population through having more deaths than births, <clears throat> and also migration loss, meaning pe- more people have left here than have moved here. We've had total population loss. Wonder why. Yeah, it's time to stop giving power to your abusers, both on the local level, the state level, the national level. We have got to turn this around. Stop electing abusers, New Mexico. Because they're never going to give you your rights back. They're never voluntarily. Do we really think the tiny tyrant is going to give up? What did she say just last year or year before? I'm not going to run again for re-election. Oh, I should have started a betting pool on that one. I'd be rich right now. Well, her own words, I want more. So um, I don't think we can believe her when she says she's not going to run again. She's going to do something. And we we don't want it. Yeah, we we definitely don't want the abuse. 505-266-1600 to call into the Kiva and join the conversation. If you don't want abuse either, call in and join us. Caller, you're on the line with the Liberty Lovers. Who do we have here? Good afternoon, everyone. The other day, <laughs> Dictionary Dave. How's it going, sir? Very well, thank you. Yourselves? We are doing good, sir. You we're, know, we, we're doing well. Fantastic, in fact. We're, we're hopping on this topic today. <laughs> oh, yes, actually, definitely are. So what There's, do you got uh, for us? interesting about the uh, thing of state that secession Dave was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And let's see, Blacks. A people permanently occupying a fixed territory bound together by common law, habits, and custom into one body politic exercising through the medium of organized government, independent sovereignty, and control over all persons and things within its boundaries. Capable of making war and peace and entering into international relations with other communities of the globe. Bouvier's 1940 pretty much has a Similar thing, a self-sufficient body of persons united together in one community for the defense 
of their rights and to do right and justice to foreigners, foreigners, in this sense, the state means the whole people united into one body mm. politic. And the state and the people of the state are equivalent expressions. Hmm. At the bottom of that, they also say, see United States of America, in which they've got the republic whose organic law is the Constitution adopted by the people of the 13 states, which declare their independence from the government of Great Britain, hmm. 4 July, 1776. And I don't know if you received the uh, JPEGs I sent last mm. week from uh, Backgrounds and Conflict. Oh yes, I think I did. Um, okay. Let's see here. Yeah. I, well, I know I I know I received the the link to that specific law that we were talking about last week. Which thank you very much. By the way, I included that in last week's show notes. Um, awesome. Let's see. Was that the side by side comparison you're talking about? The two politically yes, opposite ideologies? <clears throat> yep. Yes. And yes. the interesting thing we got going on is page 30, which it lays out Nazi totalitarianism and American democracy. Hmm. Interesting. And currently, the way things seem to be going with the Democrat Party, the state is supreme and the individual is servant of the state. Ooh. American democracy? The people are sovereign and the state is servant of the to people. To the people, yes. And one party system and plebiscites instead of elections stifling the expression of the public will. And that's under the Nazi section. Wow. Yeah, for anyone like who we, says we're crazy for calling our current state a communist one, <laughs> it's the definition. Under, yep, and under that other that totalitarianism thing, which is very similar to what was going on federally and in our state, the Constitution is ignored in favor of a party program that is interpreted opportunistically. Hmm. Interesting. And Congress is being a rubber stamp, like a Reichstag, composed of militarized party numbers. Hey, you don't see anybody? Uh-huh. Well, not, not to mention that, you know, there's still a wall around Congress. There's still a wall. There's still medical de- detectors. Uh, people still aren't allowed as tourists oh, and to visit our own capital. Yeah, and, and um, don't mention AOC. Uh, she's going to think you want to date her if you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've you all are just Puerto jokes. Rican females, and they may be pretty ladies, but oh. they're not all up there. Man, I, I, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go into details, but I can second that. Um, not, not all Puerto Rican ladies, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah. Especially that one. She's I haven't dated her, of course, but she's she's a special uh, kind of crazy. Want to, even if you no, no, married, she's yeah. AOC's mm, a special kind of crazy, crazy. But I did have Absolutely. did have a Puerto Rican roommate at one point, and um, oh my word, um, didn't date her. Um, that's what she wanted. I didn't, and um, things got crazy. Boy, she uh, <laughs> she she had a couple of dogs, and when she found out I wasn't interested in dating her. Um, I was just interested in being a roommate because I wanted a roof over my head. She said <laughs> we should commit suicide and take the dogs with us um, because oh my. we, you know, 
Wow. I, I guess life was not worth living if I wasn't wor- wasn't willing to date her. So interesting. Yeah, there's there's something there, man. That's and, just. And, and I think maybe the AOC moon. will follow that line of thinking. No, I don't know. no. She has too much power. Yeah, she's too happy. What happens with that. when you have 400 years of fetal alcohol syndrome? There you go. Well, well, well thank you, Dave, so much for bringing us the dictionary, bringing us the definitions on the states and the uh, communism versus republic. Yeah, very, very interesting there. Yeah, when you have a chance, you know, read through those. There's even the, uh, the copyright page that says that you can't use that as, uh, like, somebody wants to review, like mm-hmm. uh, Jay Bird. Now, let me, let me ask you this, too. You, there, there's a term in there, self-sufficient. Um, go back to that for me. And what what is that? Is that are they referencing the government itself there, or are they referencing the people as being self self sufficient? A self sufficient body of persons united together in one community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm, so it's the body. It's it's the the yes. people themselves. Yeah, because to me, self sufficient. Yeah, because not the, dependent on the government handouts once a month. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Self-sufficient body, and then of course the the problem that I have now with the current regime there is, is they're not self-sufficient, um, mm-hmm. and and that goes back to again a civilian government because if you're a civilian government, you're working, um, you're generating your own types of incomes, you're not relying on me and other taxpayers to pay your income, because that makes you non-self-sufficient. That makes you dependent on us. Mm-hmm. The taxpayer, right. and that's where we are. Is the mm-hmm. government? The government has no product other than us. Our taxes is what funds. Yeah, we produce um, their 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 buffoonery. We produce. They just kind of harvest. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you yeah, so they much. Were, they weren't originally supposed to be paid anyway. No. That's why they only stayed so long in Washington, so they can right. go back and take care of their farms, ranches, whatever. Exactly. Right. I mean, like we talked about with the 20th Amendment today. Yeah. Th- there, there were only 20. Um, there, there were, there were well, no, not 20. Uh, there were only 13. There were 13 months between the election of a new congressional body and their first you know, foray into politics, into an actual session in Congress. Huh, gee, and only once per year. Hmm. Gee, wonder yeah. why. Yeah. And then, of course, as soon as we, quote, fixed that, made government more efficient, gave them two terms per year for Congress to get together and, gee, do stuff with our newly acquired income taxes, that's when government really balloons, becomes top-heavy and intrusive. Right. And if you think about it, look at um, 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 jury duty. Um, that's a great example in my mind because when we when we get picked to serve jury duty, um, it's not supposed to be lucrative. Well, it's not lucrative. No. It, it's mm-hmm. not. It's something we do because it, it's our civic duty, and we want to make our communities better and safer, and that's mm-hmm. one way we do it. Now there is a pittance that we get. Um, it, it's very little, but we all know it's not. It's not what the 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 Dems like to call a living wage. No, um, not at all. Which is weird. I'm surprised that that hasn't been bumped up to like, you know, forty dollars an hour, like <laughs> you know, working at McDonald's or something. But, but the my point <laughs> being, you get very little for that for your service there, and why is it that working in Washington? Mm-hmm. 
You you get paid you know, a, a whole lot more. Why is it a career? Why do you get paid more? Um, it's 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 just a, another form of elitism. Well, and not not to mention, not only they get paid more, but according to Nancy Pelosi, yeah, they should still be able to do the equivalent of insider trading with their stocks, um, because oh, that now she likes a free market. Now she decides she likes capitalism, and we have the right to participate in the free market. And if you're like Nancy Pelosi, you know, make buku bucks off of who knows how many business deals. Boosting her yeah. husband's business, her stocks, her son. Oh, her son has been involved in um, eh, quite a few financial scandals as well. So, yeah, there you go. Well, thank you, Dave, yeah. again so much for calling in and for providing us with the definitions. Yeah, keep, keep you know, that Bouvier's dust. There's never off. been a time that I've ever seen anybody getting rich off of making $5 a day for serving jury duty. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> really haven't. Most people try to avoid it. No, even. but the, f- the funny thing is, though, I've, uh, I'm not a native here. I've been here, oh, man, let's see, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um but I've picked. I've been picked for jury duty. Well, I've been summoned for jury duty four times, and I know people who've lived here their whole lives, and they and Haven't. they're like, oh, I've never even. I've never even received paperwork to be there. <laughs> but I'm. I'm cool with it. I. I actually like it. It's. I think it's really fascinating. But um, yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna make me rich, no. and I don't. I don't expect it to. And it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. Well, thanks again, Dave. Yep. You have a great day, sir. We'll definitely talk to you next week. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you much. Now, um, bringing it back, of course, to New Mexico, bringing it back to the local here. After all, we've talked about with, uh, you know, you know, your government's abusive if. Well, hmm. all, for all the abuse that our tiny tyrant has put us through, saying, oh, she knows better and it's for our own good. Yeah, did, did that actually do us any good? Especially since, as of January 12th, New Mexico ranks fourth in the U.S. for COVID deaths per capita. And this is per your own Albuquerque Journal, folks. That was the headline in the Albuquerque Journal, for this article in the Albuquerque Journal. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico reported 28 more COVID-19 deaths and more than 6,900 new cases a figure that reflects cases from several days after a disruption in reporting. Oh, yeah, disruption in reporting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother story. But a spokeswoman for the Department of Health said about 3,540 of the 6,900 cases may also be attributed to reporting lags. So they're trying to play it off like, oh, it was just a lag in, in reporting. That's We're not actually doing that bad. And they're in an interesting pickle here because they have to keep up the fear and tell us, oh, we're doing badly, so we need to keep up the control. But then at the same time, when people start saying, but wait, we did everything you told us to. Why aren't we doing better? Oh, no, no, don't worry. It's not too bad. That's because that's it was a, it was a, just a reporting lag. Yeah. So New Mexico ranks fourth in the nation for number of COVID-19 deaths per capita over the last week, according to federal data released Wednesday. We've had about 7.1 deaths per 100,000 people over the last seven days, ranking behind just three states, Indiana, then Delaware, 
than Pennsylvania. And keep in mind, this is not overall. This is just a seven-day reporting period. Still, yeah, we're still ranked among the first. So that 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 brings to mind the question. Um, yeah. So if your lockdown measures work, if your vax works, if your masks work, why aren't they working? And why is our tiny tyrant still requiring us? us to do all this yeah why is she telling us who can and can't work why is she telling us oh what you can or can't wear hmm good questions people good questions like i say hey abusers are they really going to give us our freedom back is uh yeah a little napoleonita going to give us our freedom back yeah i don't think so and speaking of which jaybird um you, you know you've been alluding and teasing to this article about her wanting even more Okay. Mm, what's this more that our tiny tyrant wants now? Okay. Now, uh, this is according to KOB here. Um, gruesome sat down with Testamentus, and as they put it uh, a few months ago, so um, maybe we should start instead of where's Waldo, where's Gruesome? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I haven't heard anything from her uh, recently. recently. I haven't mm-hmm. seen her face. Not that I'm really disappointed, but that scares me because then she's up to no good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she sat down with Tessa Mentes and she was talking about um, her plan for the next legislative session and what she expects to see. Not not what, not what she... Th- yeah, well, anyway. Not what she hopes, here. what she expects. This is what she expects. Um, of course, she's finally, a, she's doing something that uh, Timmy Boy here in Albuquerque uh, apparently has no grasp of concept about, and that's, uh, well, that's homicides. Because she does admit that we have a problem with homicides here oh, in Albuquerque. Oh, she actually acknowledges the crime problem. Wow. Yeah. She's she's acknowledging the crime problem, and she's she wants more funding for police. Now, there's an idea hmm. that I can get behind, of course. Okay, I might agree with her on this. Give right. Give me more. Okay, so what she has said is... Um, okay, let me back up just a little bit. There's there Her her thinking is very flawed because the, we have a problem with murders. We have yeah, a problem with criminals who are being arrested and going through a revolving door and being put back out on the street. And this goes back to weak DAs. Um, This goes back to bail reform. And she's finally admitting that bail reform, well, she's not admitting that it doesn't work in in direct terms, but she's doing it in such a political way that it's like, okay, she is, but she isn't admitting that bail reform's not working. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what she has said is that... um, we there are too many individuals uh, quote far too many individuals plead down to second degree murder charge homicide charge well that's 15 years why isn't it 30 years we want the right deterrence while we're investing in the other things upstream she said so so what how does she plan on going about yeah you know, what what is her plan to lower crime or to keep people off the streets who are criminals well the plan is to invest more money a um, hundred million dollars uh, okay. for new officers which okay all right we're, we're getting into government spending but you know what at this point I uh, I, I, I really I don't know if I can that. dispute that we need more we need more police officers here we, okay. we absolutely do so, so um, how the how is is what I'm interested in how is she planning on implementing the spending and what's her goal for it 
Okay, well, she says that bail, the bail reform system is far from efficient. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what she means by that. I don't mean I, I I'm uh, knowing that she's a Democrat. She could possibly mean, oh, it just isn't working right because we haven't done it to the extreme that it needs to be done. I'm really? not sure because she doesn't clarify on that. But um, the, this is the scary part, according to this article. Um, that was written um, by, of course, Tessa Mentes on January 14th. Uh, quote Tessa, her plan is to, flip, is to flip the script. Instead of prosecutors having to prove someone is a danger to keep them behind bars until trial, that burden would be on the suspect. Wait, End what? quote. Okay, so... I want everybody out there in, in Radio Land to think about what that means for just a minute. We have a system that is set up. We have a constitution. And and it's set up so that the the burden of proof is on the accuser to prove guilt, right? You are correct. innocent until proven guilty. Correct. So the flip the script that gruesome is planning is now no longer the burden of proof being on the DA to prove that so and so is a criminal or the plaintiff yeah or well the accuser but mm-hmm. most in most cases it's going to be the DA here rather than the DA proving that so and so is a danger to society no no not guilty just a danger to society mm. now the accused has to prove that they are not a danger to society. Oh. Now, now, backing this up just a little bit, I absolutely believe that we do have, and I know that we have, a major crime problem in this city. Yeah. It is, it is just pulling the city apart. It is ruining the city. And it needs to be addressed. We even have but a really this, defunct bail reform system right now. But that's no thanks to... Um, yeah, um, bail recent right. bail reforms. So this goes back to um, an argument that I've had with people, where uh, you know uh, the, the Democrats are trying to change the Constitution. I think honestly, I think they have stopped trying to change the Constitution because they know they don't they have don't need to. to anymore. Now they they have other ways to circumvent it, and this is one of those ways. So now. Instead of proving that you're guilty, you have to prove that you're innocent. And this not even this, innocent, but not a danger to society. Right. And, and this is where the left likes to play word games. They like to conflate two things together. I'm looking at the article here. Um, and, and yes, she she talked about homicides. 2021 set a new record, deadliest year in Albuquerque, uh, 110 homicides, 114 victims. She acknowledged far too many of those individuals, the perpetrators, plead down to a second-degree murder charge, homicide charge, only 15 years. We want the right deterrence while we're investing in all other things upstream. Who knows what those other things are, by the way. Right, but... Um, but then, later on in, in, the, um, you know, in, in this interview, she says, We need to send a very strong message if you're conducting crime in the city of Albuquerque, we're coming for you, we're coming for you again, we're going to keep coming until you're gone. You know, okay, It's pretty threatening. Well, New Mexico's hostile, but here's here's the kicker, everybody. She's talking about if you're conducting crime in the city of Albuquerque, 
we're going to keep coming for you, okay? Because New Mexico is hostile towards anyone who is violating our public safety requirements. And that is the danger here, because what is one of her public safety requirements? Uh, that you mask that wearing. you wear a mask and that you get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and she and she actually conflates it even further. She says violating our public safety requirements or rights. I assume she means civil rights, and is committing crime. Period. Okay, so I can agree with two of that out of those three things there. Um, if she means civil rights, yeah, I agree. You can't have people violating other people's civil rights. You can't have people committing crime breaking laws that harm other citizens. But she conflated public safety requirements. This is what the left likes to do. I mean, does anyone remember Sesame Street? You know, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah, Um, public safety requirements, civil rights, committing crime. Are public safety requirements actually the law? Hmm, that's a really good question. Because if the public safety requirements are set by the Department of Health, who are not elected officials, nor are they a legislative body, uh, yeah, they can't actually make laws. They can post guidelines, they can have recommendations, but they can't make laws. Therein, boom, is the conflation there's what she's truly after she wants to get tougher she wants more uh she wants more power yeah to be able to not actually get criminals off our streets she's just using that to conflate oh yeah you're violating a public safety requirement like not wearing a mask she wants to be able to come after you just like we should be going after actual criminals right and this is this is where the this quote here um uh, this is where it really demonstrates the danger here that she is to us Um, and her quote is if you're a violent offender you're staying in jail unless you can rebut the presumption you should so we're going to turn it over no discretion that's how it's going to be because without that clarity it is clear that the other efforts we have made do not appear to be enough i want more end quote so more power. Now, Here we the, come. yeah, and that first the first sentence is is that's really one thing that you, that we, you really have to look at because she she says if you're a violent offender you're staying in jail unless you can re- rebut the presumption that you should. Okay, so mm. I think you can make a fair um, assumption here that she's talking about prior to your day in court after you've been arrested you've been charged you're in jail um, and. You, you have, have not. Prove. You have not gone to court. You have not been found guilty. You have not sentenced. You have not been sentenced. Okay, so um, what she's saying here is that bail reform doesn't work. But the danger in all of this is again what you're talking about because she says it here herself. She wants more instead of a presumption of innocence before being proven guilty. She wants a presumption of guilt, but and then the accused has to prove that they are innocent. This is dangerous, folks. This is extremely dangerous. Not just dangerous, compared to, you know, we've been talking about the Constitution today, 
This is seditious against our founding documents and constitution and the way the judicial system was set up to work to hopefully provide justice for as many people as possible. Warning this, <laughs> that you don't think, if you don't think our, our state is the communist state of New Mexico now, oh, we're about to be even more so. Yeah. 505-266-1600 to join the conversation in the Kiva. Let's see if we can take just a few more callers. Caller, you're on the line with the Liberty Lovers. Who do we have now? You've got Charles. Charles, hey, Charles. Conspiracy Charles. Or we are talking right up your alley right now, sir. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, almost two years ago to the day, I was arrested on a civil warrant. Oh, really? I told you about that. Let's when see. the judge said, uh, you know why you're here? And I said, well, you're mistaken. I did go to court, and day one, I lost. And it took three more days to get me out of jail. Hmm. Well, my wife and daughters had gone to the bail bondsman to, uh, to get me out of jail. And the bail bondsman said, there's no way the judge wants to see him. He's not going to let him out. And it was on a civil. That yes, yeah, civil, not criminal. Right. Uh, I didn't do anything wrong. But there were people. Uh, they would come in a little jail cell thing, and they were out in two hours. One guy, uh, even said, "Yeah, I'm going to go out and shoot up some more heroin." Oh my gosh! Oh man! Like, what are you in here for? He said, "I'm in here on attempted murder." Oh. <gasps> wow. And he knew he yeah. w- and he was getting out. On bail. Right. No, no, they were they were taking him out right oh. then. Oh my god! And I've been in for three days on a civil. The the clerks in the the jail didn't know how to write it up. They'd never had anybody on a civil <laughs> warrant before. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow! Okay. And they did, and they didn't want to let you go. Mm. Right. Oh my goodness! Wow. Right. Wow. So yeah, I'm all for bail re- reform. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's just the opposite of what Raul Torres means, pretty much. Right. (laughs) But the reason I was calling in, I was looking up conspiracies on COVID. Mm -hmm. And there's a virus from the Wuhan Institute. There was an outbreak in Indonesia in 1999, uh, Malaysia in 2001, uh, Indochina called uh, uh, the Nepal virus have you heard of that yes yes i remember hearing about that nepal n-i-p-a-l right right that has uh between a 45 and a 75 percent mortality rate Ooh. right That's where's the much lockdowns more over that right well no even h1n1 had a higher uh, mortality rate and fairly high transmission rate. Oh, yeah. Anyone remember Hantavirus? It's technically still around. Uh, mm-hmm. That has a pretty high mortality rate compared to coronavirus, Wu flu, Kung flu, you know, pick your moniker. Um, right. Yeah, well, we, we've, had so, we've had so many outbreaks of various things in the past that were definitely more deadly and or more transmissible, and we never locked the country down. Now, I think, though, if, if you look back at the history of where our national health department and pharmaceutical uh, and and medical structure have been headed with this is it's actually, this is, to a lot of people, this past year and a half happened all of a sudden. But when you look back at the history of it, a lot of previous outbreaks were stepping stones 
to the right. power grab that happened in 2020. Um, right. H1N1 actually was is a good example of that because that's when well, I think they were, well, I know they came up with a vaccine, but the FDA eventually shut it down. But they were actually trying to go for some type of national outbreak controls or system or implementation it just wasn't all set up not everyone was on board with it yet right and so the, the, uh, this is virus was shut down after 26 deaths yep that's it yeah we, we talked about that last week how it used to be the standard that if you had five deaths associated with any vax or new new medicine uh you get a black box warning and if you reach even 50 you get shut down, period. And yeah, they have the FDA has, and CDC have shut down medications that have had less than 50 deaths. So they're like, nope, nope, not worth it. So yeah, we've got over 21,000 deaths that we're sitting on here. If not more, probably more. The question is how much more? Uh, is it only 1% or 10% of actual numbers? Um, but yeah, at least 21,000 deaths. Hey, FDA, where are you with your standards? Hmm? Yeah, nowhere to be seen. Oh no! The, and I the, really agree with the people that are calling for the reform in uh, COVID deaths. Yes. Are they deaths from COVID or deaths with COVID? Exactly. We've covered Italy um, has has done. Their health officials have done that, and of course, it, by the way, if you Google, um, you know, Italy uh, COVID death reform or retraction or anything like that. Google has been trying to hide the original work, um, the, origi the original documents that Italy's health department basically came out with and, and trying to say, oh, no, this has been debunked. This is a false flag operation. This is debunked. No, no, it's actually true. But now, interestingly enough, Jaybird, you were telling me this morning about a county or, or I forget. No, what no, Ontario. Called. Ontario and, and, in uh, Canada. Province in Canada. A province. Um, they are now distinguishing for versus with mm -hmm, in COVID. COVID deaths. So what that means is that they're they're trying to they're trying to ascertain the true mortality rate uh, for right. COVID nineteen because if you die with COVID, but let's say you got your head smashed on the pavement because you were riding a motorcycle and ran into a semi without a helmet. Um, Did you really die of? That's not dying of COVID, even though you may have had COVID. So what the, what the officials in Ontario, Canada are trying to do is they're trying to figure out what the real numbers are here. Like who has died because of COVID and who died with COVID? And that's so this is in the news. Yeah. The, yep. So more more countries are starting to do this. States, I believe, are also starting to do this, of course. Are the blue states leading the way? You know, the progressive states looking towards progress? No, of course not. They're not the ones doing that. Mm, not at all. Well, a anything else you got for us, Dave? We're almost to the Charles. end of the... Oh, nope. Charles, I'm sorry. Charles. We've had so many Daves on today. <laughs> I'm just I assuming all your first names are the same. But anything uh, else you got for us? A friend of mine, he's uh, working for a contractor for Sandia Labs. Mm. And he's looking at losing his job mm -hmm. come Tuesday because he refuses to get the jab. Tuesday. Okay, so they've bumped it up yet again. 
Because last right. we heard, well, let's see, in, in, well, at first it was, let's see, the date was December, the deadline to get the vax. Uh, then it was January 4th, and then they bumped it to January 9th. And, of course, nothing in the news cycle this week. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, but I've been searching since Monday. Uh, nothing in the news cycle. And from people that I know in Sandia Labs, they've been saying, yeah, well, we're still being kept in limbo. So now it's Tuesday. So January 18th is the new deadline. Get the shot, get the jab, or you lose your job. Well, the 17th is the, the day Or 17th is technically the 18th, you lose the job. Okay, so 17th is the deadline. Interesting. Well, you know, there, there's an awful lot of scientists at Sandia National Lab. That was another point I, I was calling about. Uh, they keep saying, trust the science. <laughs> I've been taught, since I was a young kid, uh, science is only right until proven wrong. Mm-hmm. How yep. come nobody's bringing that up? Oh, exactly. Well, and, and it's it's never, and, and I've grew, grown up around scientists, science is not about facts. It's about hypotheses. It's the scientific method, what you observe, what can you prove by duplicating with an experiment, how valid or or accurate was the experiment, etc. No, it's a method. Science is not not a set of facts, people. It is a method by which we scrutinize, criticize, observe, and try to validate observations that we make. Exactly. An entire I'm, method. I'm a welder, but that doesn't mean <laughs> I'm a science denier. Exactly. Yeah. And man, lo- there's an awful lot of, uh, quote, experts out there that, man, they, they conflict a lot with uh, scientific hypotheses from high-level scientists. And by the way, a lot of them are uh, sitting, sitting with Sandia Labs right now going, mm, yeah, no, we still have lots of questions. They're not being answered. You're insane if you want me to put that in my body until you answer all my questions. So, right. well, thank you so much, Charles, for calling in today. We got to run off to another caller here, but we'll definitely catch you guys next week. Oh. Well, 505-266-1600 in the Kiva to join the conversation. we got just a few minutes left here. As a caller, you are on the line with Jay Bird and Liberty Nat. Who do we have? Hello? Caller, that's you. Who do we have? Oh, this is Marcus, and I really love your show. Oh, thank you, Marcus. And, um, I, I've been listening to it all afternoon, and i got an idea that I hope is relevant to our discussion today. Well, hit us with it, then. Okay. So let's just say for discussion that uh, congressmen, senators, on the state level and the federal level, they get elected, regardless of what mm-hmm. party they are. Right. Okay? So the first year, they get to collect 100% of their salary. In the second year, we get a letter, since we voted for them, <laughs> and it says, are you happy with your performance? And if we say no, they lose 25% of their salary. Oh, I like the idea. Yeah. So, okay. So that's kind of fast, and there's a lot of other stuff. But so then now the second year comes around, and they've been working for 75%, let's say. Again, we get notified. Mm -hmm. I say, no, no, I don't like it. He loses another 25%. 
if you go to the third year, and we're looking at a, like four-year terms, mm-hmm. you know, four, six-year terms, whatever. Right. Four-year terms for now. So then the fourth, the third term, if he's not producing, then he gets reduced to 25%. And if he decides to run for the next election, he's locked in at 25%. Whoo! Now... How will we how will we do this? I have no idea. I don't think the politicians would ever go for it. Oh yeah, the Congress would never. Yeah, Congress yeah, or our state legislatures would never do this to themselves. Absolutely not. But on the state level, do uh, say, uh, you know, everything is getting really goofy and everything is kind of grim. But because of the Kiva and because of other voices that are mm-hmm. strong and are standing up for it, I think that we are collectively growing stronger as a people. So that somewhere out there in the Kiva, this idea can ferment and maybe grow into a realistic opportunity. Yeah. So, so. But, so how how would we do that though? Because if you have, if it's just simply a questionnaire going out to folks, how do we ensure that people aren't just going to, let's say, it's a Republican that get, that gets voted in? How do we ensure that it's not just a bunch of Democrats filling the paper out saying zero zero percent performance rely uh, uh, um, for no, that for that particular politician? Yeah, how, that, how would we go about that doing that? Because be. ah, I mean, it, that's it's, the it's a fa- of it because this will tie in with voter verification. Ah, so voter if ID. An, if we have an election, regardless of whether you're libertarian, Democrat, Republican, whatever. If you voted in that election, gotcha. you should get a letter. Yeah. And that should be made should, public. And you, and and you so should basically get to fill it out. should equal to the number of votes they had at that previous election. Well, it makes sense. You know, these days you buy something and you oftentimes uh, get an online receipt text email saying, hey, tell us how you liked our service. Get, you know, fill out the questionnaire, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that that is technologically, that is not. Uh, outside of the realm of possibility, even doing it by paper, sure, we can we can do that as well. Um, but yeah, it would be very interesting if our leaders, our elected officials, were uh, held to a higher standard via their pocketbook. And if your constituents don't like what you're doing for them, you don't get paid. That's a that's a very good idea. Yeah, I mean, I like I like I like the. Idea. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I like the idea here of uh, uh, taking it to the voters and asking them, you know, how you feel about um, what what that politician has done since taking office. I like that idea. Um, now, you, now you, it does also uh, beg another question, which is um, where are the voters getting their information about what kind of job the elected officials have done? Because of course, the situation we're in right now is our corporate media is hand in glove with the legislators and even on the federal level, Congress, um, basically providing misinformation about who's doing what or or gaslighting us with, oh, yeah, the Democrats are for the people and the working man and the Republicans. They just want to suppress the vote. Right, because with with like judges in particular, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can go to Ballotpedia and see certain things, but with judges specifically, it's you have to do a lot of research. It's very hard to find out kind of what they've been doing, where they've fallen, 
uh, on certain issues, meaning, okay, um, as a certain judge been seeing um, uh, accused murderers and, and, and just overwhelmingly just setting them back into the uh, the uh, into the public into the public, yeah. well, you I know. So we that's something we have to set up. You know, like you yeah. said, Natalie, we need we really need a, a clearinghouse for that information. Well, and, that's and reliable, this is also, by the way, the purpose of the legislature. I would love to see somebody introduce a bill like this into the legislature and just kind of see what they do with it. I don't think that at this point in time it would go anywhere because again, why would the legislature do this to themselves? Um, it is the type of thing, though. However, if we are successful in getting together a um, oh, what's, it called? what's it called the uh, not constitution uh, convention of states because uh, there has exactly. been for several years now an attempt to convene a convention of states to set term limits on our congressional elected officials so that they can't stay there like Bonehead has done Biden for almost 50 years getting perpetually elected and elected and elected. No, we want term limits, just like for the president. We want term limits for Congress as well. And that actually would be an interesting thing for a convention of states to address, is not just term limits for Congress, but also salary limits based on your constituency. So I think that would actually have more traction, again, if we could get a convention of states. But, you know, the way the country is going... We actually might be able to get that. I, I think we are seeing a window of opportunity here because more and more people are realizing that the government is not their friend. Well, thank you, Marcus, so much for calling in today with that idea. That, that's a really good idea. Uh, we're going to try to get to another call here. But, hey, feel free to call back anytime, sir. We definitely appreciate you joining the conversation. 505-266-1600. Let's see if we can eke out one more caller. Caller, you're on the line with the Liberty Lovers. Who do we have? This is Melvin. Melvin. How are you doing today, sir? Doing all right. What have you, you got know, for us? I, there's so many things I wanted to comment on today. <laughs> and it's just amazing um, how, how how scatterbrained I can get with, <laughs> when we get too many great topics. Well, here's here. Let me, let me make a recommendation real quick. This is what I have to do. Um, either and this is the simplest way. Just have a small notepad with a pencil, and it's in my pocket. It's small enough I can keep it in my pocket. And then when stuff comes up, just write down a note. Because it's kind of like when 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 my car's making a funny noise and I need it fixed. If it's not something I can do, and I can do the basic stuff, but I take it to the mechanic and I forgot why I took it there. So <laughs> make notes. Get a note notepad. Write down the notes. And then then uh, it's easier to keep track of that stuff. So go ahead. What do you got? Uh, just, just a number of things. Uh, number one, uh, talking about the uh, the abusive relationship. Absolutely, it mm-hmm. is an abusive relationship. Yes. Um, and I, I agree uh, with uh, other uh, callers. This has been um, the world's uh, government trying to take us back over since our creation. And um, and I believe it has been embodied in the oldest uh, party uh, since the beginning. Uh, and everything that has been anti-the uh, republic, they have been since the beginning. Uh, they have been pro-slavery since mm-hmm. the beginning. But then when, when, when that... Uh, was ultimately, by the language of our creation, 
uh, overturned. They uh, proclaimed it that they were for the slave because they wanted to get in a place where they could further divide us. Yeah, they wanted yes, to gain power this back. This is what we have been doing. Yeah, people I forget that the whole anti-civil rights say, movement was... I don't know how people don't see that. Well, uh, um, history is no longer taught in schools, for one. And uh, the Democrats have gaslighted the public into thinking, oh yeah, Democrats are the ones who led the whole civil rights revolution, etc. No, actually it was Republicans who did that. Democrats fought tooth and nail against freeing the slaves, giving women the right to vote, and uh, yeah, civil rights. So, yeah, let, lest you think, oh, the Democrats are the party for the people. No, they've generally been the party interested in gaining and maintaining power. Not that the Republicans have been saints, but again, um, I, I'd rather err on the side of a party that's not actively trying to burn the whole house down. So, yep, there you go. There you go. Anything else for us, Melvin? Uh, well, just uh, referring to uh, how they've been trying to, to do this, I think they've reached a wall where it's an all-or-nothing approach now. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and, and they've just, uh, because we elected Trump, we, we surprised them when, when we did that. Mm -hmm. we, they thought they had it sewn up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, blind, now, now they, 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 it's an all-or-nothing approach. They want to ensure that a Trump never happens again. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Well, and even uh, even Chuck Schumer, you know, has um, you know contradicted himself. By the way, our my Liberty Award for the day goes to Senator Tom Cotton, who just annihilated Chuck Schumer on the floor. I don't know if you all remember a few weeks ago. Uh, I think I said over the air that someone needs to go on the Senate floor and repeat Chuck Schumer's own past speeches against banishing and abolishing the filibuster. Because when the Democrats were the minority, oh my gosh, don't even talk about abolishing the filibuster. They're trying to demolish our democracy. Well, uh, you know, so someone uh, went ahead and did it. Senator Tom Cotton went on the floor and his speech consisted entirely of Chuck Schumer's past statements he eviscerated chuck schumer with his own hypocrisy and you know uh, chuck schumer even admitted that nuking the senate is just about democrats winning elections in his own words they're saying things like i'll lose my election if the legislature is allowed to do this in my state we'll lose our majority and that is what they are worried about right now. They are not principled. These politicians are not principled. They want to hold on to power. Right, and it, and it's and it's it's right there in the very sentence that he said, "I will lose my election." Mm -hmm. Okay, first of all, it's, it's not, not your, your election. election. It's our election. It's for the people, not for you, Chuck Schumer. And not for anybody else who's a politician, Republican, Democrat, otherwise. It's for us. So when, when you've got idiots like that saying, I'm going to lose my election, well, you better 
you better because it's not yours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so th- so that's you're right. That's that's all they're worried about right now. They're trying to grab power. It's definitely an all or nothing and they want to make sure that we never ever win another election. They cannot afford for Republicans, conservatives, independents, anyone against them, anyone against the whole communist, Marxist, leftist, regressive mentality, they can't afford for anyone else to come to power because then they know that they will not retrieve that power for a long, long time. I think America is sick of it. I hope so. I really hope so. And I hope it's not too late for us to uh, turn the tide around and... You know, gosh, some of us are trying to fight the fight against election fraud. And yes, we said it, fraud, election fraud. Yeah, the Democrats can come out and say, oh, no, that election wasn't valid anytime Republicans win. Why can't we? Why can't we come out and say, ah, we think there might have been some funny business. Let's look into it. Nope, nope, nope. It's not patriotic to deny elections. You c- it's racist. Hmm. In spite of the fact that during the 2020 election, uh, minorities increased like exponentially. I think, what was it? Over 20% of black minorities increased in how much they voted. And yeah. uh, Latinos increased 40 to 50% in some states. Well, and here's, here's another question, too, that um, isn't getting a- is not getting asked very often. Um, if, if the elections were fair and the Democrats won, and that's really what Americans want, why do we have to gerrymander the districts now? Exactly. Exactly. People, if you listen to Rock of Talk this week, I think it was yesterday, was that when Rebecca Dow was on? Yeah, she has been gerrymandered out of her seat that she currently holds. Huh. How's that legal? How is that legal? Really? In this state? Oh, well, uh, as one of our earlier callers put it, um, yeah, it's been acknowledged. Oh, the courts in this state don't always follow the law. Yeah. Anything else for us, sir? Before we let you go here, we're approaching the end fast and furiously. Just one thought. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Eddie, for having the Kiva. The Kiva is the place where we can come to voice our thoughts. And thank you so much for being here to allow that to happen. And let's not forget the gentleman here. Yeah, we got we got Eric and Jay Bird here, the, the gentleman. <laughs> thank you, Melvin, so much for your call. Appreciate it. Oh, man. So we got only a few minutes left here in the Kiva. Anything we didn't cover, Jaybird, that you had really wanted to cover today? I know there's always so much we leave on the floor um, Yeah, we yeah. don't get to go R- over. Really quickly here, um, you know, we talked about, we, we do the liberties. Uh, or Liberty the, uh, and losers. Liberty and losers. And, you know, there's an article here um, from January 14th on KOB that is just really, it's disheartening to me. Um and that's why I was asking if, if any of you are parents out there from Hope Christian School. Um, apparently they've given in, and they're going to pay the $5,000 fine for not enforcing the mask mandate. They have given in. They have collapsed. They have crumbled. Oh, and I goodness. And I was hoping to get, uh, you know, maybe an inside track to this, an inside scoop, something. Um, because, of course, you know, I, I don't trust the mainstream media, but... Um, 
uh, I'm not going to dispute the fact. I mean, it, it's it's more than likely true that Hope Christian is going to pay that five thousand dollars. But I wanted to find out exactly what was going on there. Where was this reported? Um, this is on KOB on mm. January fourteenth. Um, it was by um, Kai Porter and Jonathan Field, but. Um, I, I just I, I just don't understand how any any church any school that uh, claims to be a Christian is giving money to this corrupt government. I mean, I just I don't get that. And it's illegal. It, it, it actually is illegal. They the governor actually I think per our state bylaws cannot fine more than a hundred dollars in one of her executive orders unless it's approved by the legislature or unless it's in line with an already legal fine that is already part of an existing law. Right, and Hope Christian's a private school, so the the New Mexico Public Education Department, otherwise known as NMPED, NMPED, um, they, they don't have the the authority to impose fines on a private school, yet no. somehow that's that's essentially what's happening here. Yeah. So, um... That's, well, that is oh, very sad. Um, I can only hope that maybe they won't do it again. I can tell you who's not doing it. Legacy Church is not paying fines. They, it's, it's their, their pastor is like, nope, not paying. I think they find us again. Not paying. Good luck trying to collect on those illegal fines. Yeah. Here's the thing, folks. We live in a country where the government has no power to fine you unless it's law, which means what? Oh, yeah passed by the dual-body legislature, then signed into law by a governor, not arbitrarily mandated by a single official. They have no right to do that. I'd be curious to see if uh, Grants has paid, the city of Grants has paid any of their fines that MLG started imposing on them last year for not adhering to lockdown mandates. I don't know. Yeah, the mayor, the mayor of yeah. Grants was like, yeah, no thanks. Don't care. Can't make me. Hmm. We're, yeah, we're so going to keep you, living our life. Yeah, if any of you and Grants know that, um, maybe give us a call next week or something. And Yeah, let's talk. I mean, Yeah, that would be great. If anyone in Grants out there is listening to us, we would love an update on your city. I keep meaning to try to get out there and just kind of visit your city. We'd love to spend some money out there, uh, take our family, have a little vacation from Albuquerque <laughs> and all the madness here. And I just kind of see how you guys are living life. We need to do that sometime. Definitely. Uh, well, there you go. Our, li- our Liberty and Loser Awards for the day. And yeah, that's, that's a very sad one because I'm, I, I've always, I've never went, I never went to Hope Christian School, but I've known an awful lot of people who do or who have. And um, yeah, also Albuquerque Academy. Yeah, I, I know they, they gave into the mask mania stuff and testing mania a long time ago they give into that last year so very disappointing oh what what are we coming to people we we've got to keep fighting back and remember what we like to say you need to fight the battles that are in your own backyard you can't necessarily go out looking for a fight and that's not a healthy thing to do but right now the fight has come to everyone's door And of course, you know, I mean that metaphorically. 
If someone says, oh, you have to wear a mask, we can tell you what to do. And by the way, businesses can't tell you what to do. Employees, I mean, my heart breaks whenever I go into the grocery store and I see employees wearing masks and I can just tell by your body language that you're not comfortable, you're tired of it. I always see employees who are, you know, popping their masks open so they can take a single free breath and then looking around and putting it back up before anyone else sees so they don't get fired. Your employer cannot tell you what to do. I know that they are. I know that they're scared and I know that you're scared. But you have rights. You have rights, civil rights, medical rights, and the employers are not supposed to violate those. We need more employees standing up for your own rights. More employees who are going to say, excuse me, just like a lady at Target did earlier this year. And you know what happened when she finally stood up and said, no, not going to do it. I've retained a lawyer. I I retained my right to breathe free air. Oh, go home. We're going to fire you. Okay, fine. Talk to my lawyer. 24 hours later, okay, come back to work. Not only do you still have a job, Target revamped their mask mandate for all of their employees and made it optional. Oh, yeah, but that was before the second lockdown. And, you know, then things got worse worse again, and now we've got vax mandates on top of everything. So, unfortunately, I think what's happened is that employers are so worried about the vax mandate that they're not even trying to fight the mask mandate any longer. And that is sad. That is really sad. But, you know, it's a distraction tactic. It's an abuse tactic. And we are caught in this vicious cycle until someone, enough someone's, And by the way, it doesn't even have to be a majority. Stand up and say, no, no more. You don't don't have the right, hey, my body, my choice, my medical decisions, my health, and I will take you to court. The more people willing to stand up and put up a fight, the sooner that the yoke of oppression and slavery, yes, it's slavery right now in this country, folks, will be lifted because right now so many people don't want to be told what to wear on their face, don't want to be told what to put in their bodies, but they feel oppressed enough and they feel like they have no option that they have to give in. And you don't actually have to give in. You have choices. Does that mean the choices are comfortable or easy to make? No, it does not. But wherever you are in this state, in this city, in your life right now, there is a battle that you can fight, even if it means just pulling down your mask in the grocery store, even if it means going into work and telling your boss, really, um, yeah, I'd like to see your case, especially based on civil rights law for telling me what to do for my own medical health. I would like to see your case for that. Um, I'd like you to talk to my lawyer about that. Whatever your battle and your fight is, please fight that fight. Yeah, and remember just, uh, you know, we've mentioned this as we wrap up here, but a few years ago, um, the same folks that are telling you um, your employer has the right to tell you what you can and can't do, these are the same fine folks that, that told Hobby Lobby, no, you don't have the right to uh, deny, uh, what was it? Um, women's, women's reproductive, reproductive rights, rights is what, yeah. as how they put it, uh, by insurance. not paying for uh, contraceptives. 
So um, there's, there's a, the a hypocrisy is there. Look, look. All you got to do is look. It's there. Same fine folks that believe the popu- the, the the planet's overpopulated. These are the same fine mm-hmm. folks that are telling you you better put on a mask because otherwise you're going to kill people. Yeah. So remember, New Mexico, just say no to tyranny, vax tyranny, mask tyranny, employment tyranny, whatever. Just say no to tyranny. And we need to stay free. And the only way that we are going to stay free is we keep fighting for our freedoms, retain the right to exercise our rights. And remember, check us out. Where, Natalie? Rockoftalk.tv. 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 There you go. And on the app for Apple and Android. You all have a great day. Stay free, New Mexico. And we will see you next Saturday, 2 to 5 p.m. Adios.